<laughs> and we're live. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Jen Jacobs. Good morning. The one, the only, the great Jen J. How's it going? Good. How's life? It's going good. So for people who don't know you, they're probably afternoon or evening people. Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, but you were the first coach that we hired. Yes. And uh, you literally just showed up on the doorsteps of 810 saying, hey. I emailed you in July, June, June or July yeah. of 2013 when I heard that a new gym was opening up on HG. Yeah. And I, at that time, was looking to kind of start over. And uh, I sort of um, grew out of where I was currently at mm -hmm. and wanted to start over and saw this as a great opportunity. And I still have the Facebook message. It pops up from time to time, reaching out, saying, hey, you need some coaches. That's awesome. I'd be interested. So, yeah. And then started up. I think day day two. I think I was yeah. <laughs> after you and Aaron coached all classes on day yeah, one. We were you're like, like, oh, yeah, we this can't, isn't gonna work. We can't do this. This isn't gonna work. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna need some help. And yeah, I, it was a, an absolute godsend. It was it was awesome. Like literally just appeared out of nowhere, and there you were. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a wild ride. And I I, I joke with uh, I joke with you, but like Old City is literally as much yours as it is like anyone else's. You know, like yeah. If anyone else wants the five six <laughs> that's right. coaches go. Yeah, talk about job security. <laughs> so you've been you've been coaching the the five, six, and seven a.m. Basically, I mean, for, I mean, before Old City, you were coaching five a.m. Yeah. As long as we've been open since October of thirteen, you've been yep. five, six, and seven a.m. Right. Pretty much every every day. Yeah, yeah. Started then taking one day, two days off a month. I yep. think recently yep. we're we are so benevolent. <laughs> I don't know if that started by like you asking for a day off or like us telling you, Jen, you no, have to take a day off. I don't think I asked. I think I think when I start getting angry, I'm like, I think I need a day off. I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I need I need to back off, just kind of yeah. step away, refresh. Where does that um, Where does that intensity Intensity might be the right word, but I, I, it's not the word I'm going for. Like consistency, maybe, but like, where does the drive come from? for the day in and day out grind of, you know, of your schedule? I, it is the consistency in that I like to see the improvement. It's nice knowing that mm. I can count on seeing the same two to seven people every 5 a.m., the same people, you know, most people have a, a set schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, four days in a row, or three on, one off, two yeah. on. So I know when to expect them. And it's easier, I find it easier to help them um, with scaling weights to push themselves a little bit more, knowing that last week or last time they were at this weight, let's, let's try and go up. So it's nice to, I, I almost feel like I hold on to the mornings a little bit too much because I like that, that improvement, to, to, yeah. to see them improve day to day, week to week. And it's kind of hard to let go because I'm, I miss everyone. It's hard yeah. to, I mean, I, I will admit that, that I miss, I miss them on those days off to see what they did and how they did. It's right. So it's, <clears throat> it really is. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I think, you know, every, every coach gets into the business, oh, yeah. you know, for, you know, to watch people grow and watch people succeed. And, and, uh, it's, that's, that's awesome to hear that that's like a, a primary motivator. I mean, I don't think it can't be in anyone who coaches, you know, cause like right. we're not, I mean, 
we're not doing this for the money, fellas. <laughs> it's, I mean, we can we can live in Capitol Hill, and that's nice. But that's, but barely. Like we're yeah, we're, we're, we're running, on the fringe. We're, we're, gonna... we're running your basements. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because it's true. <laughs> We're crying inside. <laughs> but, but I think that's, I mean, like one thing, one thing I always talk about is like, is the balance of, of like, you know, I, I left, I left the government job that was doing pretty well. And before that I left the Navy where I was, you know, doing pretty well. And it, it's this trade off that I, I sort of started to consciously make between quality of life and living in a, in a day to day where I was more passion filled, maybe I was making less money, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, do I want to, do I want to live in, and kind of have my day to day be, be my existence or do I want to live so that I can work so that I can exist, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere else, maybe take more trips or go on more vacations or have nicer things or, or whatever. Or do I want to live and, you know, do, do the job that I'm doing right now. And I think, most people who end up coaching full time sort of have that that value in 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 the human connections they right. make. Not that not that other people don't. Not that we're like some special breed of, no. of humans. But I think it's it's really awesome because I I do not care how many results you make at five in the morning. <laughs> I will not be there to celebrate them. <laughs> I think what's surprising is people realize like you can get stronger at five a.m. Like it, people just are wired to work out at that hour. It yeah. just it just fits their schedule. Do you think it's a certain like a personality type that makes it to the five a.m. or do you think that it's just a bunch of people whose schedules only give them that time? I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Is is you know they have to or they get into work early, so it's like you might as well get up and, and, and that's their primary workout time. They just feel better to start off the day right. with a workout in the morning because if they leave work, they're they're done. Like, that's it. You're going home and you're just kind of shutting down right. you have your workout in. Um, you know, who's to say they could do more working out later? I, I don't know. Um, I just know if I happen to do a workout in the morning, I kind of got to get myself psyched up for it. I'm, I'm yeah. not ready. It's a different mentality coaching in the morning versus yeah. versus working out. Because when I'm going into coach, I'm my attention is focused on the members. It's to yeah. give give my all, give as much information as I can. Out. Whereas if I'm working out, it's all about me. Right. I'm I'm there for myself to improve myself. Which is something that we've talked about since mm-hmm. the very beginning is um, when you're coaching, that's a very selfless act. And when you're working out, it's a very selfish act. Not that not that it's, you know, not selfish negative, but right. selfish positive. Like you're working on yourself. It's your time. And that's why if uh, if you ever see coaches in class, we, we try really, really hard not to not to coach. Yeah. So talk to your coach, not the athlete, you know, not the not the person working out. Yeah. But I, I think that's a, a really... It, I almost it's almost more draining to coach yes. than it is to work out. I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a it might not seem like it, but I'm a very introverted person. So in class, I might be very vocal and and you know attentive and and um, very loud. Um, and then when I leave, I need a good hour to just shut down and yeah. just you know, recharge, um, be, be by myself and just, you know, be, be quiet, do something not CrossFit related just to, just to 
build back up. And I even use that time to sort of um, reflect as a coach. How did the day go? Did yeah. I talk to? Did I talk to everyone? Did did I, you know, give myself right. during that time? Um, but then when I am working out, I'm again quiet as well because this is my time. Yeah. I don't even want to coach. I don't want to answer a question like how you should scale. I'll just direct to a coach because right. that's that's all about me. I'm I'm right. there. I might be standoffish then because you know might not say hi, might not make eye contact because I'm I'm there for me. Well, you're also in the middle of like a 90 minute AMRAP, <laughs> which, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Everyone's like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, on open gyms? Yeah. yeah. I, I like to do my own my own stupid stuff on weekends. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's really it's it's really interesting. And I'm I'm very similar in, in the way that I like like I'm very extroverted in, in class, but mm-hmm. I'm generally an introverted person as well. You know, like I, I I can I can be excited, I can, you know, do all the things, but when I come home, like I need I need a bath. <laughs> and I just just sitting there and like maybe maybe I'll listen to a podcast maybe I'll play a stupid game on my phone but I, I need like 30 yeah. 45 minutes I'll come home and like Julian I want to talk about her day and I'm like just, just I need just give me give me a few minutes give me, yeah. give me time and yeah you know that's the recharge that's the recharge time and I find that when I when I like push myself too far then I find that I start you know like like putting forth less energy in class. And I think that's sort of what you're talking about. Like, you know, when you need days off, when you show up and you're not like, you're not as engaged as you otherwise would be. Right. And, and yeah. And, and a lot of times like I can't fake it. Like I have a hard time faking it. Like you'll know that I'm just kind of down. So it's hard to be that, that gregarious person that I'm normally not. And then to just try and put on that face again, it's tough to do it. So then it's like, yeah, I just need to, you know, take a step back maybe go in the back room for a little bit all right you know just that's right and hit the back. bottle of jack yeah. that we keep <laughs> yeah you know we got, <laughs> we got our wine cellar it's not a coach's office <laughs> but yeah i mean i think that's uh, that's it's it's really an, it's it's an important thing especially when you're you know like the vast majority of your time is spent you know coaching and mm-hmm. i mean you do you do a lot of dog walking and stuff like that but i mean when when three hours a day, 15 hours a week. And then on top of that, you're doing the programming and doing all this right. stuff. And it's like, if you're not, if, if you're constantly in the mode of serving others right. and you're never in the mode of serving yourself, then you're going to wind down. Like you're going to, you're going to get unraveled. Right. And so that's, that's, what's so fascinating to me is like the longevity, you know, of, right. of, of your consistency, right? You just, ha- you haven't been doing the 5am for, for a year, which would be impressive. Yeah. You've been doing it for five years, which is, you know, maybe more here. Yeah. And right. then before I was doing a couple hours, like three times a week before, but, yeah. um, still like a five, six or six, seven, but yeah. <clears throat> and so what's, where does your, um, you know, where does your personal energy come from? Like, how do you fill up your own cup, so to speak? You know, mm. we, we were talking about, yeah, you come home from the morning shift and you need an hour to sort of just recharge, but what's the global recharge look like? Um, well, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I think it's more, you know, I, I get energy from other people's successes. So I know yeah. if there's a workout that has a movement that I am, you know, decent at and really enjoy teaching, it's my chance to get really excited and, you know, see someone get their first double letter and, you know, see, you know, see improvements on a clean or or something like that. So you're getting some, you know, some dopamine. Oh yeah. 
like throughout the throughout the morning when you see those little micro wins right. in people. Yeah, because right. I think coaching is coaching is really cool because you see you see like you see the struggle mm-hmm. and then like if, if you're consistent, you know, which obviously you are as a coach, you're going to see the struggle and then you're going to see that, that victory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, cool. it's, it's tough sometimes because you're going through that Rolodex of cues that either you learned in, in the level one or two, or that you come up for, you know, on your own trying to get someone and, and nothing's, nothing's working. It's like, how do you, what do you do to get through that person? And sometimes it just finally, you know, the light bulb comes on. Yeah. It hits. I don't know what it is, but something where, where they finally made that, you know, mind body connection that, right. that it happens. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your approach to like, what's your, what's your coaching philosophy, Jen? You know, like, cause you've been, you, well, let, let's back up mm-hmm. even further. How'd you, how'd you get into coaching? Just period. Yeah, this is, um, it's actually coming up on, on 10 years, um, about 10 years is that I, I have a background of I played uh, softball in college, started running to stay in shape. Afterwards, got into marathons, triathlons, and then uh, ultra marathons. And it was it'll be ten years this May that I didn't finish a race. I, I DNF'd a hundred miler, and about a week later, I was stretching. It's just on the ground stretching. I was like, let me do, let me knock out some push-ups. And I, I couldn't I couldn't do any. And here's my and I was thinking. I was in shape, you know, I thought I was in shape from running, you know, 65 of 65 miles of a hundred miler and I'm, I'm not, I'm not in shape. Yeah. And so I knew someone at the time who was opening up a CrossFit gym yeah. and I said, why don't you, why don't you try it out? And I knew, I knew within that first workout that was 20 minutes of 10 pull-ups, which I couldn't do one, right. um, 10 push-ups, which I realized I couldn't do any yeah. and 10 box jumps, which I never jumped on a box. Proceeded to bash my shin, um, Good. but still finished it. And I knew right afterwards, I'm like, I want to do this. This yeah. is something I want to do. So I found, um, I learned about Monkey Bar Gym but, um, first, and then did their cert, and then certified um, CrossFit in mm. in 2009. Yeah. Um, and I just knew right away, like, I want to help people that re- you know who think as an endurance athlete they're an athlete but it's like you've got you've got more potential there, yeah. there's more in it than you think you know everyone was something in high school something in college you know they used to do something let's bring that back and even if you weren't let's 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 make you an athlete right that's something that I'm constantly like I I wish I wish I did CrossFit when I was in like peak swimming shape mm-hmm. because I think, uh, well, I would have loved to have seen how I would have done, you know, like I think I would have been right. better in some areas, worse in some areas, you know, like it would have just been fascinating to see, you know, I was in great swimming shape, but you know, you put me in a, a two minute boxing round and yeah. I like am laying on the end on the, on the canvas for a number of reasons, <laughs> but, um, uh, being exhausted is, is certainly one of them. And so, you know, you're, we're definitely, we're going to, we're going to circle back to this mm-hmm. hundred mile thing. Cause that, that blows my mind a hundred miles. So you, you made it through 65 of a hundred yeah. miles and that's a race that you had finished before, right? I did. Yeah. I'd done it the year before. And, and so you'd finished it. And then the second year that you did it mm-hmm. was a I can't believe that a 65 mile is a DNF. I don't think it should be. I don't like that's so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not for like, I'm not a participation medal kind of guy, but holy crap, that's a participation medal. Well, in a way I did get a participation medal is that it was, um, the the course has changed a little bit 
over the years, mm. and you, if you get to a certain point, and I was basically chasing cutoff times. I was just, I thought going into the race that year that um, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I could finish it. I'd finished it before. I knew what I could do, and I wasn't in shape for it. Um, yeah. And uh, like you weren't in shape for it up to your shape. standards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I was just slower than I was before. I thought, you know, I could do what I'd done the year before, maybe even less, yeah. and I'd be fine. And I wasn't. And um, so I was basically chasing cutoff times, and I missed the cutoff time. Yeah. And uh, my feet, my feet were were trashed, and um, so it was probably a good thing I didn't finish yeah. again because I was able. I found CrossFit because right. of it. Um, but what they do if you don't, if you get to a certain point, probably about two thirds of the way through, is that you get this um, visitors award. And one of the stations is called Visitor Center, and it's a rock from the area, a rock, and they put a little, you know. You know, uh, sign on it that says visitor awards. So I keep that at home, and I had it in my my, <laughs> my desk in my office when I did have an uh, an office job, and that was like my reminder of you know of finishing. Like I don't want to do two thirds, yeah. you know, or eighty percent of something. Shout out to Pete on that one. Um, I want to do. I want to finish it one hundred percent. Yeah, Pete told me his eighty uh, percent, his year of eighty percent. Which honestly, like he was telling it to me, I, I, it'll probably like I think we might disagree on this, but I it sounded. On on the whole, it sounded like a good a good idea, mm-hmm. you know. Like, sure, like CrossFit is. So for those of you who don't know, uh, this member Pete was um, he sort of made twenty eighteen the year of his eighty mm-hmm. percent. So he's gonna he's gonna turn up the volume so that some things in his life he does at eighty percent that he was doing before at fifty percent, and he's gonna turn down the volume of other things that he was doing above eighty percent down to eighty percent. And it's a way to sort of get more balance in life, I guess. Um, but you know, CrossFit works when you go 100%. Right. Like right. CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements at a high intensity. And you don't really get that high intensity at 80%. Right. But you do get consistency. Sure. And I think being consistent is way more important than being right. occasionally intense. And so if you're, if you're there four days a week at 80%, that's better than one day a week at 100%. Absolutely. Now it's better four days a week at 100%. But, <laughs> but still, so I think I think ideas like that are, are pretty yeah. are pretty good. Um, so I, sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, where were we talking about? Uh, participation award. Oh mile. yeah. So um, I, we're gonna we're gonna dive yeah. deep into the hundred mile stuff. But I want to I want to talk first about like the coaching. So you got into you got into CrossFit. You immediately took the L one. I took it. Um, I did the the monkey bar. Uh, cert uh, sometime in 08 and then I did the uh, the um, in 2009 um, the CrossFit cert yeah, yeah. I started that and was that with the goal of uh, like absolutely. coaching absolutely okay. yeah I knew within I knew within the first workout that this was something I wanted to to do to do and yeah. to teach yep right wow so that's that's really interesting so we're, we're um, man my words I'm, I'm all over the place right now so were you already coaching at that point? Um, I was under the monkey bar cert, yes, but I wasn't doing CrossFit, and I had never done any sort of. Were you um, coaching like endurance? PT. Were you coaching anything? No. Okay. No, I wasn't doing. So any you of that. were you you were sort of evolving into the mindset yeah. of wanting to coach, yeah. and you just like once you connected with CrossFit, you're like, oh, this is it. Yeah. This is this is the magic. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you were doing a, a desk job before that. Yeah, I was. Um, at that time, let's see. I think I was at uh, 2008. I think I was at GAO. I was a contractor at GAO, mm. 
And um, I did that for about five years. Yeah. And then the um, the dog walking business opportunity came right. up. And so I've been doing that since. So you left the the government job yep. to do the dog walking yep. primarily. Yeah, to take over to take over the uh, to take over dog walking business. Dog do you want to give business. a shout out to it? No, I don't need more clients at Capital Critter Sitters. Dot com. But yeah, so um, so you you made the leap out of the out of the cube life. Yep. Yeah. To do the dog walking, and then were you looking for something to supplement, or was it like coaching pulled you? into it or because you were dog walking, I you think had the freedom it, to coach. Yeah. I, I think that was it. As I had the freedom to coach, I kind of had the mornings available. Yeah. Um, and then it, it took a while to, to find a schedule for myself to work out. I think, you know, you and Aaron realized when you buy a gym, you feel like, or start up a gym, you've got the opportunity to work out whenever you can. It's, yeah. it's hard to find that. So it was then tough yeah. to kind of find the balance or to make the time to, to work That's out. It's been the story of my life. So, yeah. Like like all my friends are like man you own a gym you must be so jacked and I was like, like yeah. worst shape of my life <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at it now a lot better yeah um, but yeah I mean I think that's a struggle that every I mean a lot of for the reasons that we were talking about before where you know coaching is a very selfless thing mm-hmm. and you give a lot of yourself in the process of coaching and it's it, it really is exhausting I mean I joke Absolutely. about it that it's like harder on my end than it is on your end doing friend. But yeah. <laughs> maybe not like that literally. It's just a different type of exha- exhaustion. It's it's emotional. It's it's mental, and it's not quite the physical. Right. And right. then you know once you once you've watched three workouts, it's really hard to participate in the fourth. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like with morning, it's like you kind of got to get hyped up for five a.m. It's kind of hard to in general get hyped up for 5 a.m. Yeah. but then to to put yourself out there and you kind of come down later in the workout you know with with their mobility kind of mobilize with them yeah warm up again with the next class come back down and then it's just trying to to hang on for that last one yeah um and and give as much intensity as i've done uh i've coached four of your 5 a.m.s <laughs> i remember each one i celebrate it with uh, i wake up i, I take a three. pre i take pre-workout I take pre work. I take a cold shower. I wake up at, at four at four fifteen. I take a cold shower. I take a pre workout. I drive down because I want to sit in my car with the heater on for a little bit. I drive like three blocks. Well, I have to drive around Capitol Hill to warm up the car. And I park by the gym. I let the heater hit me. I'm listening to some some music, and then uh, then I go in the gym four forty five. I'm so excited, and by five ten, I'm like, uh, <laughs> this is the worst. Five a.m. You can normally be like. You guys good you know what you read things cool well they move i mean they just yeah. show up and they know what to do it's like they're like <laughs> so hello, hello the <laughs> seriously i was like it's like jen's dog walking business it's like a human training business they just show up they do crossover symmetry everyone moves no one needs to be coached and i was like oh this is how jen does it i need to set up some webcams to see if jen just goes to sleep she, she has a little a little mannequin you put up that's just sitting there just a little hoodie on it just got in the corner drinking its computer it has, it has like some speakerphone stuff. You like wake up, you're like, get lower, <laughs> extend your hips. That's <laughs> hilarious. So when you when, so when you first started coaching, it was the balance of of figuring yeah. out when when was your time and you know when was yeah. when was coach time. So yeah. how did that initial like balance look? It it took a while um, because. People not might not understand, but dog walking is exhausting too. I mean, when you're That's out right. walking four hours in, in a hundred degree heat, and you got to be you know up for the animals too. You just can't yeah. be, be lax. Um, 
And so I found that for me, 4.30 normally works best. Right. Um, that's been a better time. Um, but even then, it's like I need to kind of come down a little bit before. Yeah. I mean, I try to make that class. If not, I work out on my own at my place. But same right. thing, it's like I need to schedule that time. Yeah, are you are you a schedule person? Are you not obviously like when you coach and when you walk dogs, you, you have to rely on a schedule. But do you find that the schedule like sort of gives you freedom and you can plan? Like, do you plan your workouts that sort of thing? I try to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, especially when I'm training for a lot of different things, um, trying to get a mix of, of endurance or mm. some sort of cardio stuff, some lifting, yeah, um, mobility. So, um, yeah. yeah, especially during the week. Especially having the the two jobs, the, the dog walking business and uh, and CrossFit, is just scheduling time, making sure I'm not programming all the time or emailing all the time right. or or something for a certain business. Just taking time, time for me. For sure, and it, I mean it just goes to filling up that cup. If your right. if your cup's empty, then then you can't serve anybody else. Right. I think that's so important. Um, <clears throat> so you started coaching CrossFit mm-hmm. because you you. F- fell in love with it as an athlete and you knew immediately that you'd want to introduce this to other people. And that was back 2008? 2000, yeah, 2009 I started doing CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. Coaching CrossFit. Yeah. Cool. And then um, you did that for like, you just, you just started doing it more and more. You yeah. started picking up more classes or you just sort of started with a, a threshold and you just Yeah. It stayed, I think, just because of what we could handle schedule-wise at the yeah. time. It was just um, two two classes a day, morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. And eventually like a Saturday weekend came in. Yeah. But that was a good schedule um, because that allowed me a little bit of workout time or running time in the morning. For sure. So, and then what's your, so getting back to, Mm -hmm. I guess the question that started this whole thing is like, how's your coaching philosophy evolved? You know, how did it start? Has it just been something where it's just like, oh, let me, let me teach people CrossFit and and there's no real philosophy behind it or, you know, what, how does that work? I think it's evolved quite a bit or not, maybe not quite a bit, but it's evolved to the point that I'm more under, I have a better understanding of what I'm doing. Yeah. Like there wasn't really words to what I was doing. I was just kind of doing something. So watching a lot of videos of on the CrossFit uh, websites or in the journal or from other CrossFit affiliates and and coaches, I'm learning more of how to be a better coach, how to better, how to better serve the members. And my number one thing is really is, is to have fun is like making sure that they're having fun. Yeah. Um, and then to have the members leave that day, having felt like they improved at least 1%, they learned something, they got better at some, at some point. Slightly better than they came in. Yeah. You know, one step further down their fitness journey. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a, yeah, did, did it, did it start off like that or was it just something where that's kind of how you operated and then over time you just start to put words into, into how, yeah, you, I, how you operate? Yeah, that's the thing is I, I wasn't really sure. I don't think I knew how to coach. Like I had coached some sports, you know, softball and basketball growing up, but never really with the intent or mentality that that was something I wanted to do forever. Yeah. It was just something like a summer job or something to do at the time. But then when you start realizing like this is a legit you know, job, people are relying on you to yeah. to to tell you new stuff. Um, it was try to you know read as much as I can to get get through to the members. What can I right. do to? And in the early days, I mean, the early days. Uh, 
I mean, so I found CrossFit. I, I started doing CrossFit right around the same time mm-hmm. we started coaching CrossFit. And I'm sure you remember what it was like. I mean, there, was, there wasn't all of these businesses yeah. that were propped up around CrossFit. It was literally the CrossFit Journal. Right. And then through the CrossFit Journal, you found a few people. Mm-hmm. And then you could go to those people's gyms, blogs, right. and learn a little more. Right. But it was like 90% of what you learned was from the CrossFit Journal. Yeah, because there wasn't... Facebook, I don't think, wasn't that big then. Facebook was Facebook existed, but yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't the, not as much sharing or even like uh, Instagram. You can really reach out to people. Um, like I mean, it wasn't going around, or at least I wasn't on it then. I no. don't think it was in two thousand nine. But I it was had, very hard to to find other affiliates and, and just kind of kind of search to see. Yeah, I remember I was in the I was in the Navy and I would I was doing all these international flights and I literally remember downloading like a hundred videos from the CrossFit Journal, just mm-hmm. all the K Star videos and then all the nutrition yeah. videos and then all of the Greg Glassman Level One talks and then I would just fly cross country watching the videos and reading yeah. the articles and I I went back. The, I mean, the journal started in what two thousand four. That was kind of the original. Yeah, I think two thousand two. There's some articles, but yeah, at least around. So, I mean, I literally went back and I read everything. In two thousand and nine, I had consumed everything that was on the CrossFit Mm -hmm. Journal. I'm sure you were super similar. Yeah, yeah. But I was consuming it from the perspective of um, like this is transforming my life. Like I was consuming it from the athlete perspective, like the selfish perspective. Like this is helping me so much. I'm learning all of this. The last thing in my mind was was coaching. The last thing, and so it's fascinating to me that you you did it and you immediately knew yeah. that coaching was the application. Because I did it and I immediately knew that the application was one hundred percent for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I you know I knew that too. Is like I, I wanted to be able to use this information to help others, but I knew I needed to make sure I could do it. So if, you know, and the teaching mentality of you know. Verbally giving cues, um, you know, um, or showing showing it, telling it, and, and touching, you know, putting someone in the positions. Like I needed to be able to feel what that felt like, yeah. like what a what the bottom of the squat felt like, what a good overhead position felt like. Yeah, you know, to be able to instruct other people to for do sure. It, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't need to have complete competency to coach. Right. Well, you need complete coaching right. competency to coach, but like you can coach a muscle up without doing a right. muscle up, right? You can coach right. a pull up without doing a pull up. But if you've never done CrossFit, it's hard to be a CrossFit coach, right. Right? right? You don't need to be an Olympic level swimmer to coach Olympians in swimming, but you probably need to have swum, right? <laughs> right? right. And I think that's you know the 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 old hat is uh, what those who can't coach, those that can do, those that can't coach, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think it's you know I think it's a little different. I think it's. You know, I think coaching really is a, it's, it's something that it's, it's a drive, right? Oh yeah. And I think for you, it's, it's interesting to see that the thing that drives you is this idea of, you know, making it fun, teaching people, making those breakthroughs. Um, I came to it from a wildly different perspective and I think we ended up being like as different as we are as humans in our presentation Mm -hmm. in a class, like our goals in the class are, are pretty similar. You know, like I want, I want somebody to leave feeling good about what they did. You know, like for me, it's a lot about the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they, even if they sucked and they, you know, did really, really bad, I, that doesn't matter. Right. right. To me, it's, they, they were here, they were present and I want them to leave feeling really good yeah. at what they accomplished. Like this isn't, this isn't division one collegiate swimming right. where a bad practice 
it is going to, you know, screw the yeah. team come, you know, conference championship or whatever. No, like, screw that. Like, you showed up. That was great. Right. My perspective, because I never thought about coaching until, like, to me, I backed into coaching because I really wanted to start a business. And then it was like, oh, shoot, I need to coach in order to do right, this. You right. know? And um, I wanted to start a business because I, I, I left the Navy and in leaving the Navy, I realized that I had left a huge piece of what I loved about life behind, right? When I was in the Navy, I didn't realize it, but I loved the community and the camaraderie mm-hmm. of a submarine. I thought that was so great. I hated the admin. I hated the bureaucracy. I hated the fact that I was a cog in the wheel. Like, I wanted to be better and different and you know like I'm a little snowflake I'm so much <laughs> smarter and all these things right like I'm like I'm unique let me express myself and the navy I, I felt just wasn't giving me those opportunities and I looked like further and further down the down the pipeline you go the more and more like homogenous you become and I sort of re- uh, rebelled against that in a way I didn't want that and and I think I'm super happy I made that decision to leave but after I left, I realized that the thing that I loved the most about the Navy was it ha- it gave me this platform for leadership. It gave me mm-hmm. the this mechanism to help change people's lives. And now that was gone. Mm-hmm. And now I was in a cubicle with people who who didn't care what I had to say, yeah. didn't care what I thought, who there was no platform to lead people through and it like I felt completely empty. Like completely empty. And so I was working for the government and I was doing a, a fairly fulfilling job, but it was it, like, there was nothing there. There was no happiness there. I mean, there was happiness, sure, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like there was when I was in right. the Navy. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, well, super passionate about CrossFit. CrossFit can be the new platform that, that I use to help change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so for me, CrossFit was kind of a means to an end to connect with people. And then that, that connection used, used the language of CrossFit to help show people what they're capable of. The same way that when I was in the Navy, I would use the, the, the language of the Navy mm. to show people what they're capable of, you know, and, and also to show what I'm capable of, right? Like the Navy showed me what I was able to do the same way that, you know, running a business and owning a gym yeah. shows me what I'm capable of doing. So I think it's, it's this beautiful two-way street. Um, but I'm, I'm just routinely fascinated by like what, what drives people to do extraordinary Mm -hmm. things. Right. And I think that's kind of your story (laughs) as, as I know it is like you, I mean, your day in and day out performance is nothing short of extraordinary. And so it's, it's really interesting to me. I mean, obviously it would have to be driven by, by people and watching people Mm -hmm. succeed, but it's interesting how quickly that happened, you know, like. You, yeah. you did one CrossFit workout and you immediately saw the application. Yeah, I was like, I knew this is something I want to do. I didn't know really the process of, of doing it and becoming a coach. Yeah. It was just kind of, like you said, there wasn't a lot of articles or, or people to follow back then. So it was, it was a lot of those first couple of years learning along the way. And I, I know I still have the workouts, the books that I programmed in. And I look at the stuff and I'm like, this is some stupid stuff that oh I wrote God. up. Oh <laughs> when Jen Power uh, left, she did like, I think the first workout or the yeah. first week or something. And I was looking at those workouts. It was like that air squats and sit-ups or something, something silly for oh. like 21, Yeah. I have so much respect for our founding fathers. <laughs> I mean, they've really stuck with us. 
I mean, yeah, we went through those first. It took a bit to kind of find we a footing. We were a really bad gym mm-hmm. for a while, but I, I think that's yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you gotta, and that's sort of the like anyone anyone who who has like you're gonna get better oh, if yeah. you look at yourself critically mm-hmm. and with the lens that you want to get better, right? Like. As an athlete, if you're constantly analyzing your weaknesses and improving your weaknesses, you're going to get better. Right. As a business, if you're doing the same, you're going to get better. And as a coach, oh yeah, you're definitely going to get better, right? So how do you like? What's your approach for improving as a coach? I think I, I touched on it a little bit earlier by saying, you know, after I want to say maybe not every class, but but there's some days where I, I kind of take a few minutes afterwards and do some self-analysis of did yeah. I... Just reflect on the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, what did I do? Did I help someone? What could I have done better? And then even um, learning from other coaches. So if, if I'm, um, you know, if one of the assistants or the other coaches is taking the lead in a warm-up, learning cues and stuff from them to, to take over, and, and that's even good. We're, we're taking, cla- taking other classes or participating in other classes is picking up cues from other coaches that I can can get used to because that's I, I can get a little stagnant with having done it for so long it's like this is how I teach something this is how yeah. it's done it's nice to kind of go off go off script a little bit and have the coaches or have the members coach me like we've done you know I've been through the spiel for a Bergner warm-up you know two times a week for the last three months what have I been telling you you tell right. me and and I find that that helps Sometimes that helps members. It's like them telling. And it helps you as a coach because you hear what they heard. Right. Right. So right. if they say, you know, dip stand, dip and stand instead of dip and drive. Right. Or, you know, what, like whatever they, whatever they heard, then now it's like, oh, well, that's right. why, that's why you're not being explosive. Or that's why, you know, because I wasn't communicating that clearly mm-hmm. enough. And even how a workout's written on the board, it might make sense to me when I put it down. But if they're interpreting it a different way, you know. You know, tell right. me how you would see it. And granted, everyone's going to see it, you know, slightly yeah. differently. But, you know, what would make, you know, whatever, you know, I'll do my best to make you understand it. What do I need to do? Help me help you is right. really what it is. What can I do to help you? Yeah. That's one thing I say to a lot of people who are, you know, getting ready to join the gym or thinking about joining the gym or who had just joined the gym. I tell them, like, look, coaching is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you give me nothing then you're right. you're not going to get everything that I have to offer not because I'm holding things back but because we're you know I don't I don't know you know how did that workout feel was it you know was it not hard enough yeah. was it too hard and I tell people I'm always going to err on the side of caution like I'm Absolutely. always going to I'm always going to say let's do this at 55 instead of 65 until I know you as an mm-hmm. athlete right until I know what you're capable of until I've seen you move for months and months and months and then and then I'm gonna be like, all right, yeah, it's time. Right, let's let's put some weight on the. Ball. And that's why, like, having the same time slots, having the same members, you know, knowing that they, yeah, I can being count able on to them. create, those yeah, and if they and if they aren't there, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out and be like, where were you last yeah. week? Um, and so it's nice to have to to have that coaching two way street. Is like, I want you to tell me how that clean felt. Was it good? Right. All right, let's throw some weight on the bar. And if not, you know, I hope you're able to take feedback on you know what I'm going to say about your form to try to improve it. Right. And that's another thing I've learned of is it's called a, I think it's called a compliment sandwich. Oh, I don't know yeah. if people have caught on to this, but you know, if you do a movement and I, and I look at it and you, you say something nice, this is a secret, right? You say something nice, 
say not something bad, but what they can do to improve it, and then say, so you know that that that, that clean looked good. You know, you had really really explosive hips. But if you can dive on the bar a little bit more or a little bit faster, I bet you can add ten pounds to that clean. Right. Yeah. You know that chest's gonna pump That's up. A, all right. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be a little bit more explosive. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the compliment yeah. sandwiches. I mean, that's the only. It's the only, it's the only sandwich you like. Jen, <laughs> last, it's gluten free. It's gluten free. Right. It's paleo. Right. I use it. I use it in uh, in feedback to coaches. Jen, uh, programming last week was was really good. This week sucks. <laughs> I'm sure next week will be good too. <laughs> is that is that how it works? That's, sort of <laughs> needs needs some needs some delicacy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I use the compliment sandwich all the time, and it's it's something where I I mean it goes back to kind of my coaching philosophy of making I want you to leave feeling good about yourself, right. but not at the expense of lying to you. Right. Right. Like I'm not going to just say, hey. The performance you gave today was incredible. Like all right. humans are standing in awe of you know. No, I'm gonna be like, hey, good works. <laughs> I think I I can think of two times, uh, and I know when the people listen to it that they know who I'm talking about. I'm not gonna say their names, but I I rarely give like really good like legit compliments. Yeah. Like where they leave, you know, that 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 proud chest. Like, wow, I, I did something yeah. good, and so. I'm not going to say something was awesome or excellent. It's I might say it's 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 you know it's better. It's getting improving. there. It's that one percent, right? Yeah. It's it's improving. It's that eighty percent. It's we're, we're inching up. We didn't get worse today, class. <laughs> so, sometimes <laughs> that happens, and then you know that day off's coming pretty That's quickly. Right. Yeah. That day off's coming pretty quickly. Why the um, hell do I show up? Basically, <laughs> hell is wrong with you all. I'm just gonna start the clock, but it's not the workout time. I don't care. I'm gonna start the just, clock. Just, just go. Just do something. Just, <laughs> why do I bother? <laughs> Why do I bother? <laughs> so, so like a legit like, that's the best I've seen you do so far. Like, like a compliment like yeah. that takes it takes a lot lot to get it. But I think for people like they realize that light bulb's on. Like I, I feel it. The movement hits. Yes. You know, it's it's a step for them. It's right. like I, I've made it. Like that's you know I'm I'm seeing improvement. That's how it should feel. And yeah. I try to when I say that like give the excitement like holy shit you did it and i will say that that's what i want to see that's yeah. how it is and i can't believe it took how long before i swore <laughs> that, that was that was really good i oh, think it was man. like 30 35 minutes all right all right that was it i'm, I'm really proud of you <laughs> i know now i well, gotta now well, it's I, possible my mom is gonna watch or listen to this so yeah. i'm trying to tone it down <laughs> when i post when i post now i have to click the the e for explicit, <laughs> explicit. like damn it jen now now you just now we <laughs> just <laughs> just take the filter off all right moms turn it off <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were we talking? Yeah, and I like it's. I think it's really important that you that you you know as a leader, and you know certainly coaching is is leadership. As a leader, that you you find a way to express yourself in your own personality, yeah. right? And my my personality is much more exciting, mm-hmm. like mu- much more excited rather. And I I get so fired up when I, you know, see people do things, like literally anything, just like, wow, you showed up today. I'm am, I am so happy right now. You have no idea. This is literally the best day of my life. This is so great. Like you showed up. 
So then I have to beat that <laughs> when they when they actually do something good. And it's funny because like the way that I actually level up is by like getting more serious. Mm-hmm. It's like whoa, yeah, that was good. I, I kind of turn off the They're persona like, this for is, a this second. This is this is coaching Sean now. That's this right. isn't I, just like cheerleading Sean. Yeah. Are we playing footsie? You're losing your blanket. I have a blanket on, you guys. Uh, it's it's like 75 degrees outside. I thought it was I'm wearing a, cat, a sweatshirt. But it's just Jen and I are playing creepy. footsie. I don't have the other part of the blanket. He just has the blanket. <laughs> I offered it to her. She, no, I turn it down every time. Every time. time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, you know, I I like that. I I like that. Especially in our gym, the the wildly different personalities that we have, yeah. um, but everyone's focused on the same right. the same environment, right? Like we're not we're not trying to squeeze everything out of you as possible. I'm not trying to make you the best CrossFitter on the planet, mm-hmm. right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you if you made it three times a week instead of five times a week. Or I said one day off. You took two days off and like slapped the beer out of your hand. (laughs) I mean, I might slap the beer out of your hand, but to drink it. (laughs) But like that's, I mean, our, our whole community is based on uh, really like your philosophy and my philosophy. Cause I think we've, you know, accumulated, I mean, not so much recently, but like we've accumulated the most hours, you know, setting the culture of the gym, coaching and leading the classes. And I think that culture is really just show up, Work hard, right. leave a little better, but also be proud of the fact that you that you did something that yeah. you, that you that you showed up. Really, I mean, it's really hard not to get better if you're present, like right. if you're there. Yeah, yeah, and and I think some people feel like they have to show up and do the workout as listed. I mean, take take Pete's mentality. Just maybe give eighty percent. If you're not feeling it, show up, warm up a little bit. Maybe not go RX. Work on technique for yeah. that movement. I say I this just, time and time again. I like. I'm a big believer in this, and I basically every podcast that I've talked about, I've talked about <laughs> like my concept. I invented it. Show up, don't try. Right? <laughs> show up, don't try. Just show up. Yeah. Just show up. Right? If you show up, like the the biggest the biggest barrier to get over is the barrier of attendance. Yeah. Right. Once you're in the gym. You're going to try. You're going to do something. So I give yeah. myself permission not to try, and that reduces the barrier that I that that to to actually get into the gym. Once I'm there, then whatever. I see Sean Chua's time, <laughs> and I'll do whatever it takes to beat it. Cut reps, cheat, <laughs> you know, like whatever it takes to write down a score that's better than his. Like I don't care. But just kidding. I don't. I don't intentionally cut reps. I intentionally lose count. <laughs> I think I think your philosophy is slightly different than what because when I do the um, the weekly posts just to try and give you know sort of tips tricks hints whatever yeah. for for the workouts coming up that week is at the bottom for the first few months I was doing it I would say show up do work like just get in the gym do something yeah like like show up I don't care if you come Monday Wednesday Friday I don't care what time you come at like get in grab PVC pipe move around maybe squat with it put it right. overhead and then if you're feeling good. You know, participate in strength. You know, maybe not go, you know, a heavy three. Maybe right. keep, maybe your heavy is just 70% that day. You know, maybe you just want to work on a little bit more technique. There's there's nothing wrong with that. You're doing something. Yeah. There. Right. And I think show up, do work is is identical to show up, don't try. Right. Yeah. Like the, the most important thing is show up. Right. You know, and, and I think... Katie, uh, Coach Katie, taught me a lot about like this concept of creating a mantra. You mm-hmm. know, like 
have a saying and let that saying exist in your head and let that let that saying change, you know, your thoughts and and who you are really. Mm -hmm. And, and my biggest, um, challenge in fitness is literally showing up, right? Like when I was, when I was swimming day in and day out, I would always be present, but I would never work hard. Mm -hmm. So like my challenge then was show up, work hard. Right. right? But now it's my challenge to literally just get there, Mm -hmm. just get there. So the mantra that I created is show up, don't try. And that, that, forces me or that allows me to overcome my biggest personal setback, right? And so that might not be someone else's personal setback, right? So I think the same way we were talking about coaching and and to improve as a coach is to, you know, learn this tool, learn this tool, learn this tool, and have all these tools in your toolbox so when the right scenario comes, you have the right tool for Mm -hmm. the right job, which... Bart with these these laser levels, (laughs) let me tell you about that. I spent... I spent... Literally six hours with with a like a ruler, a level, taking it from the ground. Bart comes in, and I got like three lines up. Bart comes in with this magnetic laser level, like the right tool for the right job, right. and things get knocked yeah. out. And I think that's our job as coaches is to have the right tool for the right job to in like literally improve your your gains mm-hmm. exponentially, right? People people always ask me, oh, why is CrossFit so expensive? Like you you don't have any equipment. Like it's expensive because you're you're paying for the decades mm-hmm. of collective knowledge right. that the coaches have in the gym. You're not you're not paying for a kettlebell. Right. You're paying for access to Jen Jacobs. You're paying mm-hmm. for access to me. You're paying for access to Katie. And you're paying for our collective experience so that we can get you to where you want to go. We're, we're, it took us 10 years to get, yeah. we're going to get you there in two years, right. right? We're going to teach you everything we know as quickly as we can. And we're not going to waste your time teaching you the things that we learned, but didn't find useful. Right. And so we're, we're accelerating your collection of knowledge. I don't know how I got there, but that was, oh, no, that was a good place to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. We were talking about mantra, show up, don't oh, try. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, your mantra of like show up, do work. Do work. Yeah. And I would challenge anyone who's trying to do better, you know, who doesn't have their their gym performance dialed in, who is trying to overcome something. Maybe it's something with nutrition. Maybe it's, you know, find a mantra. Like mm-hmm. find something that's going to challenge you to being slightly better. You know, if you're trying to eat healthier, then maybe it's like salad first. I can eat whatever I want, but only after a salad. You know, have a giant salad and see if you still want that ice right. cream. Okay, if you do, cool, good. But like salad first. What's another mantra? <laughs> um, I was thinking, you know, is is I'm, I'm trying to think of how to get people in. I don't say don't do something, but but show up is is maybe show up two days in a row. If you normally take yeah. go every other, because see how your body feels on that second day. Yeah, um, and it might not be, and and show up without looking at the workout. Yep, because there's going to be movements that you don't like. And if you keep avoiding them, you're not going to get better at should, it. I've, I've thought about this, and maybe maybe I'll float the idea on this podcast, and then we'll uh, we'll see if anybody yells at us. <laughs> I thought about doing a month where we don't publish the workouts in advance. And just see like what happens. Like post it at 7.30 at night for that day? No, no, no. Like we just don't post for a month. At all? Well, I think we should put it up. So people... 
So today's workout, the twentieth of February. Oh, post it. Post it. Yeah, after. today. Yeah, post, yeah, post it. it so, after. so when the seven thirty class oh, yeah, starts, yeah. post it then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we'll see. If, we'll see yeah. the type of feedback we get. Um, one thing, Jocko Willink. I think mm-hmm. we've talked. I talk about Jocko all the time. One thing um, he says about the day off thing. His his whole shtick is discipline, right? Like, right. You ingrain the yeah. discipline, and the discipline is what creates the freedom in your life. And the worst thing that you can do is be weak on your discipline. And so he wakes up every morning at 4.20, 4.30, and he works out. First thing. That's mm-hmm. what he does every single morning. And he goes, days off. Of course you need them. I don't take them. <laughs> and he, he kind of says that in jest. He goes, I don't take them until the next day. So mm-hmm. if he wakes up and he feels like garbage, he forces the dis- – like through discipline, he forces himself to work out that day. But then he goes to bed that night knowing the next day is a rest yeah. day. He's not going to wake up and allow himself to take a day off because he feels bad. Mm-hmm. Because that, that could just be a phantom feeling. That right. couldn't be a real thing. So he takes the day off after the day he wants to take off. And that's when if he wakes up on that morning and he still doesn't want to work out, he knows that his body's truly run down and he needs that day off. But he still wakes up. He just doesn't work out. And that's similar to what you said with the, the eating healthy. You know, start with a salad. Like, do you really, you know, try, have a healthy meal, see if you still want that ice cream. Yeah. And it can always wait till tomorrow. Like, if you want today, let's try tomorrow. Do you still want tomorrow? All right. Have it. That's cool. Yeah. And I've been listening to this Jordan Peterson book, and he, he, I'm, I'm in this chapter where he talks about, you know, like, motivating yourself to do things, Mm -hmm. right? And he goes, you know, life is, life is a bitch. Life is really hard. Mm -hmm. And and when you make a deal with yourself, be like treat yourself like you would treat someone else. Like if I make yeah. a deal with you, like Jen, if you coach the five a.m. every morning, I'll give you you know whatever a high five or a signed copy <laughs> oh, of Supple Leopard. Wow. <laughs> like it's worth it. You owe me a lot of high fives. <laughs> but you know if, if we if we make a deal yeah. and I don't follow up with that deal, well then I'm, like I'm an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. But if we make a deal, like I'm going to follow up with it. But if you make a deal with yourself, it's so easy not to do that because. Like we we're the worst person, you know, like we're worse to ourselves than we are to most other people, you know? And so his whole thing is if you make a deal with yourself, do it, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you say, I'm going to, you know, do whatever, I'm going to clean this pile of, of papers off my desk and then I'll let myself buy a latte instead of drip coffee, Yeah. buy the damn latte and enjoy it. And be proud, you know, like be proud of the fact that you did that. And so I think it's one of these things where like if if you're struggling to be consistent with your workouts, figure out a reward that you want. Hey, if I work out four times this week, I get to enjoy a pizza on Friday. Yeah. Do that. Do that. And and when Friday comes, don't force yourself to have a kale salad. Yeah. Yeah, I found that mentality worked with with coaching and having scheduled days off is like mm-hmm. then I looked forward to to that Thursday morning, yeah. you know, in the middle of the week it was or in the middle of the month because then I can give my all on For those sure. first, you know, the first few days. And then it's just kind of like, all right, now's the time to just kind of relax and, yeah. and, and enjoy my Thursday morning. And a lot of people are like, what would you do on your day off? I'm like, I slept. Like, I enjoyed sure. the time. I took the time to get up and just had my quiet time. Yeah. It was, it was great. It's great to, to know going in that I've got this day off, this time off coming up. 
Yeah. And so it's just nice. I feel like then I can give myself, you know, I can give it all as a coach then For versus sure. just dialing it in. Yeah, when our schedule in high school, I loved it. I joke with a lot of people that Wednesday is basically Friday, like Wednesday is the start of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I I just have such a weird way of looking at at things and numbers. And I think it's because I'm, you know, my whole life of swimming, I was just in my head all the time. And like a 200 is eight laps, but that eight laps is a 25 swim like this, is a 50 swim like Mm -hmm. this with another 50 like this. And then you only have a 75 left and a 75 is just just a 25 followed by the last 50 of the race. And so let me focus on this. And you're just constantly in your head thinking about numbers. And I'm actually going to do a numbers podcast where I just explain my whole number (laughs) philosophy. But like Karen to me is, you know, 150 wall balls, but that's 80 wall balls and 70 wall balls. 80 wall balls is literally just, you know, 40 and 40. 40 is like 25 and 15. And so I'm trying to get through 25 and 15 wall balls as as quick as I can. And then now I'm at 40. Well, I need to get to 80. That's just another 40. Anyway. Is this a way, can we transition to the 100 mile talk? Yeah. This is a good time because that's sort of the same mentality. Is that I'm in my own head for 100 miles, right? And and people see that distance. They don't see that it's eight miles between eight stations, and it's one mile up to the ridge, three miles across, two and a half down. Yeah. So that's how you break it down. It's so to it's the you're next not, post. Yeah, you're not you're not breaking down the race. You know, you you have to. That's really the only way to right. to mentally get through it is to break it down and. And then I carry that mentality over to workouts, same thing. Yeah. You know, if it's three, five, seven, you do three, you try and get to the next one, then take a break. Right. You know, I'm trying to get ahead of the person next to me by not resting when, when I should not between the movements, but into the next movement. Yeah. It's, it's literally looking at the next, at the next benchmark and not at the mountain, right? right? Like what's the next base camp? And then what's the milestone that's going to get me towards the next base camp and then setting micro goals across the way. And over time, the micro goals turn into a giant macro goal that you accomplished. Um, I have a, I have a buddy, Dan Thompson, who was going through buds training, Mm -hmm. the seal, the seal training program. And, uh, he was my roommate. And so he would come home and just like, in the in the moments before he went to bed, because there was like thirty seconds, I would like cook him dinner, and it was it was very it was very nice. Um, and then he'd go to bed, but he would just tell me the stories of what was going on. And he came back after Hell Week, which is a whole nother story. But he came back after Hell Week, and like literally every day, I'd come home from work, and I'd be like, "Please don't let Dan's car be here," you know, because mm-hmm. if, if his car's there, then he washed out, and that's not good. But you know, Sunday, so Hell Week starts Sunday night, and then. Um, you know, so I slept Monday night. I went to bed Tuesday night. I went to bed Wednesday night. I went to bed Thursday night, and then uh, they're done Friday morning. So okay. I slept four times. <laughs> Probably got drunk three times <laughs> in the time that they like that was one yeah. long day for them. And the one of the last evolutions that they do is um, like Coronado is is this. It's they call it an island, but it's technically a peninsula, mm-hmm. and the the. The Bud's base is at the base of this peninsula, and they have to paddle these these boats around the peninsula, back up, and then back basically onto the other side of the little narrow inlet to mm-hmm. the to the island or whatever. And it's it's like a eight hour thing, and they do it on Thursday night where okay. they're at their most tired, right. like they're hallucinating. They haven't you know they basically have no idea what's going on, and. Um, and a lot, a lot of teams, because you're in little boat teams, mm-hmm. a lot of teams will just rotate people in taking naps. And then um, 
And then just over time, you know, they all kind of get an hour right. down or whatever. And Dan was leading a boat crew and his, his whole mindset was like, if you let yourself rest, then your body mm-hmm. will never come back on. Like mm-hmm. if you turn, if you turn off the light switch, it's not coming back on. So we're, we're not going to do that. All right. We're going to do 10 strokes as fast as we can. Let's go 10. All right. Now we're doing 20 easy strokes. All right. 15 fast strokes. All right. Now we're doing a hundred slow strokes, yeah. but we're doing them slow. And then he did this and they got around this peninsula like faster than, you know, they were hours ahead of the next boat crew. They were so far ahead that like the instructors like didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> like they were like, uh, there's a, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a, uh, a Burger King near a pier and people would go to the Burger King and buy Whoppers or whatever and like throw them into the boats. Oh, like the nice. boats would pull up and they would just dump Whoppers in. And so they were ahead of the Whopper dump-offs. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, another perfect example of setting micro right. milestones and not allowing your brain to, to shut off and think that it's, you know, that it's over. So here I am preaching to someone who's run multiple hundred mile runs about <laughs> setting these micro things. Yeah, and I think that's sort of helped over the years. I've done the same race seven, six times. What was the original motivation? Like the first when when oh you gosh. Okay. when you sat down and you said, "Oh yeah, a hundred miles yeah. is something I want to do." Um, it started I think because I started doing ultras in two thousand. I think it was two thousand three. Um, I was I was working in New Carrollton. And my boss at the time, because I was doing marathons and I was kind of getting bored with marathons, and I knew he ran ran trails and ultras, and he put on my desk um, the the entry form, the sheet, because there mm. was no online entry back then. Right. It was for 50k in the area. He's like, mm. "Why don't you? Tr- I think you might like this." And so I did that, and I loved it. I mean, it was horrible. It was raining, and and my feet hurt afterwards, but I really enjoyed it. What about it? Did you enjoy? I realized that it was only. Um, Five more miles than a marathon, and it was something I could do. I figured it was feasible. Five miles, it was, it was, it was fun, and I enjoyed the different terrain, the varying terrain. It wasn't just like roads, you know, continuous. Right. Um, but I mean, you enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> that's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. Because, like, did you do you enjoy the process? Do you enjoy the training? Do you enjoy having done it? I think having, it, just it was more everything? so that having done it. Um, Enjoy the accomplishment? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. it was my first. Like, I'd yeah. never run this far before. Yeah. So, so it was to, to having done. Well, yeah, that's right. I, have, I hadn't gone farther than a marathon. Um, you know, I did something new. It was a, it was a trail. And I think I had done some, some shorter um, runs or training runs on trails before. But putting all together for six hours, this was, this was new to me. Um, and then I started thinking, oh, what, what training can I do to prepare for the next one? I think I did it the next year. Um, but then similar evolution with running of, you know, 5Ks, half marathons, marathons I wanted to push myself. What else can I put my body through? Mm-hmm. And then so from the 50K did um, 50 milers. Or I found a local, local um, trail running club, and they put on a number of different, um, different distance races, one of them being the Bull Run 50 miler which I've done 10 times, and then the, the uh, Massanutten Mountain Trail, MMT, right. the 100 miler. And it was sort of that, that evolution of, of what can I push my body this far? What does it take to, to cover yeah. this? So it was more kind of self-discovery. What, what can I do? Um, what does it take to get there? Right. Uh, I can't say 
Honestly, I can't say if I really have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, I can't say if I have fun having done it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's such a physical and emotional, maybe even spiritual toll. Well, like it on has the body. to be. Yeah. Like it has to be everything, right? And yeah. I, I've been like one of the themes of this podcast has kind of been this idea of why we do challenging things, you know, and certainly CrossFit is challenging, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not a hundred mile challenging, but I think like through through the process of doing challenging things, you find out more about yourself. You find yeah. out what you're capable of. The things in life become easier, simple, or you know, better. Like you get better perspective, right? right? When right. you've run a hundred miles and now you have to walk dogs for an hour yeah. when it's raining, you're like, all right, well, that's not that it's big not a deal, that, yeah. right? Yeah. And it gives your life better perspective. But it's fascinating to me that you've done like you that you did a hundred mile race Mm -hmm. and that you wanted to do it again yeah and that's i mean it's i think it starts with with other having done other distances or other races be it um ironmans be it 5ks be it you know marine corps marathon i just want to improve from the year before because my first time i finished in 35 hours in 45 minutes and there was a 36 hour cutoff so i figured I can improve. There's definitely room for improvement when you finish 15 minutes from the cutoff. But then, and that was 2007, 2008, then I didn't finish. Right. So I realized I got to reevaluate. I need to get out trails, you know, trail run. I need to change my training up. And even since then, um, my training has evolved quite a bit. Whereas I don't, I don't run as much. I'm not putting in a lot of miles during the week. It's, you know, my training is mostly weekend long runs. And then during the week, I try and get in some CrossFit at least once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, time on the erg, you know, rowing or on the assault bike. And, and that's it. And, and a lot of strength training. Like that's... Yeah. I realized just I can't take the pounding of running. Right. Um, your your, legs, training, your yeah. legs give out before your heart, so to speak. Yeah. And that's the thing is like a lot of it as I'm, as I'm lifting or if, I, if I'm in a CrossFit workout, it's thinking of, you know... Where's my mind on the course? How, you know, if I can get through, you know, an eight minute AMRAP, I can, I can climb two miles. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of transferring that mentality of, of shorter sprints, you know, to this long endurance. It might not seem like it, but it's, you know, each section is its own little AMRAP. It's a little EMOM, like, you know, run for 20 seconds walk for 40 seconds run yeah. for 20 seconds walk for walk for 40 over seconds oh over yeah and over yeah yeah yep um the the training the training for the 100 miler i would imagine i mean that's got to be yeah yeah you mentioned you don't you know you don't run as much as you did before mm-hmm. but you're still i mean you're still i saw your i saw your thing last weekend i mean you did you did 20 miles yeah i think i did 20 26. Or 20 25 miles i think um out in, in Shenandoah, so I'm trying to get a lot of climbing. Granted, right. it's not all all running, but the course, um, you know, MMT has a lot of elevation gain loss. It's a right. lot of a lot of up and down, run up to the ridge, run across, run down, run up to the ridge, run across, run down. So there's there's a lot of um, kind of hiking. Is it the like? Do you enjoy the the solitude of it? Does that recharge yeah, you? It does. It it's, and that's the thing is like I know that there are a couple hundred people out there with me. Um, but we're not, it's not like a marathon where you're all just right. running together and you hear everyone talking and you're just in just, the woods alone. I'm in, I'm in by myself and I know there are certain sections where at night you'll just see headlamps 
Yeah. You know, people are there. They're you know, you know, four hundred meters ahead of you, and and I kind of use that as a as a um, as a um, carrot in front of the rabbit. Like that yeah. gets me moving. I want to catch that person. Yeah, I can see them. Um, granted, mile seventy, it's hard to pass someone, <laughs> but sure. you know, you're not. It's you're in it for the long run. But it's just like that helps motivate me to keep moving. I might be down, but I see someone's there. All right, I want to try and keep pace. I want yeah. to still be able to see their light. So what do you? If, if I'm just asking the same question over and over That's again, fine. it's because it's like it's such an incomprehensible thing for so many people, it, like including myself. Like I've done I've done challenging things in my life, but nothing that would amount to the challenge of running seven hundred mile races to this point. Yeah, finishing seven. Yeah, yeah I did. Eight. I've done. Yeah, I finished. I finished MMT six times in seven starts so I only DNF'd in 2008 and I finished Grindstone in 2010 yeah um and I I will never do that one again but I like MMT um and the fact that I can get out to the Massanutten Mountains out in Front Royal or Luray and train out there there are Mm -hmm. good places that I can um either train on the course or just in in the area yeah and get the climbs get get used to that um and having done it so many times um I know time wise or have a good idea time wise where you know, I pacing, should be. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like the strategy. Yeah. Um, but I'm 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 gonna keep asking this because I wanna I wanna learn more. I wanna learn like I, like one of the one of the things that I'm fascinated by is like what motivates people, what drives people, you know, like what like where 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 does this come from? You know, is it, are you, are you looking for something? Do you enjoy, like, like Jocko, I don't understand, like, I, I, I understand, I understand him because mm-hmm. he's, he's, what he's saying, what I understand his philosophy to be, philosophy to be is I work my ass off so that I can enjoy my life. Like I, I wake up at 4.30 so there's more day to enjoy. I wake up and right. I take care of myself because taking care of myself is going to allow me to better serve others. I do the disciplined things so that my life is more structured and mm-hmm. better. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? That makes a lot of sense. Um, so w- what is it for you? You know, I think it's changed over the years. I don't know why. I, I, my answer, I guess, is I don't know why. I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I put my push myself. And I think if you read my um, my blog post or even Jordan and Liam's, um, you know, account or recount of, yeah. of, of them having crew for me is like, I don't know why the hell people do this. Um, I sometimes I, I I hate the feeling at certain points. It's like I just keep asking myself, well, why do I do this? Why yeah. am I punishing myself? Is it really fun to be up at two in the morning with swollen hands and feet and yeah. you know my appetite gone and yet I still have ten hours to, to go? Right. Um, at this point, you know my drive is to get ten to get ten yeah. finishes. Um, it's also to, but is that just another like small milestone in the greater milestone where once you get 10, you're going to be like, I think when I get 10, I might, I might might be done. I think I might, I I don't know, but that's just like with, with bull run, um, it's a much, you know, runnable or flatter flatter course. So it's like, I got my 10 there. I feel, I feel pretty good. Um, is it, is it just, is it exploring what your potential is? Yeah. I think it's not, I mean, a little bit potential, how much better I can do or how much better can I do as I get older? Yeah. I mean, I'm 41 this year, and the first time I did it was, um, was it 10 years? Or 2008, 2007. So yeah. it's, it's, I was a youngin'. Um, and then trying new, um, 
like training techniques. Like yeah. I've I've run a lot less over the years. For me, it's it's training the mind. Right. So it's having done it you know multiple times, or even trained out there. I know what it takes or how long it should take me to get mm-hmm. you know up a hill. What time you know where certain. Um, cues are certain rocks or look for this tree number of switchbacks and then i know you know what it takes to get there it's just yeah. kind of tricking myself to to keep moving yeah um you know if i train on the assault bike and just do 400 meter sprints during the week and then run long on the weekend is that enough if i do 100 lunges a day is that better than you know doing crossfit three times or, or running you know yeah you know, a 10 K every Wednesday, what's, what's going to work. So it's just trying to find what works for me. And my running philosophy or training program is should not be replicated by anyone because it's like very, very minimal, but that's just what I have time for. I don't want to spend a lot of time. But I think that's the inspirational thing, right? Like in order to, uh, so many people, whether it's training for a marathon, whether it's training for, you know, an ultra, like they think that the answer is always, put more miles on, right? Yeah. And while that might be true, right. it also might not be true. And you see it in swimming all the time. Like swimming is uh, we would yeah. we would our our standard practice was 7000 meters. Mm. So it, we would do we would only train for like an hour and 15 hour, hour and a half in the morning. So our morning practices would be like 5 or 6, but our afternoon practices would be like 7, sometimes mm. 8. And then Saturday, because you have three hours on Saturday, yeah. Saturday would be nine or ten. And it's all like, what? how far are we going today? Oh, 10,000 meters. Oh, my God. Like I think that's why I got away from triathlons. Yeah. It's like it was really tough, even schedule-wise, just to be swimming three times a week, you know, biking three long, you know, a long, long bike and run on a Saturday yeah. and a swim and run. I just, I just didn't have that time or the desire right. to do it anymore. I enjoyed it as, you know, the, the number of years that I did it, but I'm just, it burned out. It burned out. And that's where I'm finding with, um, less mileage, um, running really helps, um, getting out on the weekends and getting longer stuff or, or even, you know, to like a Saturday, Sunday, shorter stuff. Um, has been beneficial as well as just um, powerlifting stuff, deadlifts, yeah. deadlifts and squats and, and lunges. Stronger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that makes it makes sense because you know we, we sort of touched on this earlier, but I mean most people, most normal people who run a marathon, you're not you're not testing the limits of your cardiovascular ability, mm-hmm. right? Your body starts to break down. Yeah, you're, like just the fact, the pounding, the fact that your feet. Like the mus, the muscles holding up your body. That's what starts to break right. down, not your, not your heart pounding yeah. through your chest, right? If you're doing, yeah. if you're doing Cindy, you know maybe your push-ups or your squats give out before your heart. But if you're running mm-hmm. a mile or maybe even a 5K, it's the limit of your heart that gives out, right? It's right. your cardiovascular ability. So you have to train the limiting factor. You know, if you're, I'm sure there's people who run the the hundred miler at cardiovascular thresholds that are super impressive. Um, But if that's not you, train the limiting factor, right? Right. And it it also doesn't mean that this is the best, most effective, this isn't the the most absolute way to to get the best time ever. Right, right. What this is saying is that you don't need to train as much as you think you do to do something amazing with your body. Right. Do you think that part of the reason why you do it is because of the order it gives your life, like it gives your weeks, your days, like it, it motivates you to have the discipline to yeah. do the day in and day out things that put your life in order. And I think what I like with the long runs is, is it's that 
away from CrossFit re- recharge. I'm not when I'm out there. I'm not thinking about any type of work. I've I've mm. structured that day to not be you know you know dog walking, pet sitting related, or CrossFit. I'm when I'm out running. I'm not yeah. thinking about programming. I'm not thinking right. about you know who I've got coming on Monday. It's I'm I'm in the moment, and I might you know listen to songs or a book, but it's just like. Me in the woods. Yeah. Me and Justin. Are you familiar it. with like the flow state that people talk about? Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like yeah. that's what it is. And for and that's the thing is I realize it afterwards because I think they say with the flow state is people that have been um, uh, asked about that or surveyed whatever it is, is that they didn't realize or once they ask about it, they, they get out of it. So they don't realize they've been in it. Right. Um, and so for, for those people who, who may not know about it, there's mm-hmm. a really good book that goes pretty deep into it that's a, a readable book, um, Becoming Superman, I think is what it's called. Have you, have I've you heard, heard it that? in something in something different in, in the book Option B. They touch, they touch on it yeah. a little bit. Becoming Superman is all about you know, finding the flow state. And what the book set out to so- or you know, explore is, is why traditional sports advance linearly while X Games type mm. sports are advancing exponentially. We went from a single backflip to a double backflip in the BMX, you know, mm-hmm. dirt bike jump in one year. Where you look at traditional ski moguls, they're going from, you know, one and a half rotations to two rotations over a decade yeah. in the helicopter, you know, whatever it is. But in the X Games, you're seeing just absolute exponential growth. And the author was, you know, did a bunch of research to figure out the answer to that question. And ultimately what he, um, one of the conclusions that he came to, or the conclusion that he came to rather, is the idea that when, you, when, when you're doing an X game type sport, you're literally on the edge of life and death, right? Failure Just means give, death. Yeah, okay. And success, success in your sport means that you live. And that immediately puts you into a flow state, right? Like when, when the result of failure is death, then you, you're you 100% focused mm-hmm. in what's happening right in front of you. You're not thinking about your taxes right. when one small error, you know, takes you, you know, to your grave. And so since everyone who's advancing the sport is by default operating in a, in a flow state and full capacity of their brain. And I, I, th- I think the way he sort of describes it is that, that like we've all, or hopefully we've all had those moments in life where time sort of slows down yeah. or that we're so engaged in a project that we wake, that we like wake up from that project and the day is gone or the, like, where did that week go? And we've been in these states of ultra productivity. That's a flow state. Mm-hmm. A flow state is where you're just so focused on the task at hand that everything else sort of falls by the wayside. And and the author opines that um, one of you know one of the goals in life should be to enter these flow states more regularly because that's where like we really find fulfillment and happiness. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I don't know I couldn't really go back to a specific time or race where I ever felt like I got that runner's high. I don't yeah. know if I have. I've, you know, enjoyed it. I'm, I've had good, good runs, but I don't feel like I've had that, that, that release. Is it serotonin release of, of just that, that high of a feeling like this is, this, is this oxytocin? No, I don't know. Oxytocin is touch. <laughs> um, see. <laughs> yeah, serotonin, dop- dopamine. 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 I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just never felt that that like 
or very rarely have I felt that. And, and maybe that I have, that I just haven't been aware of it. And, and that if I am, if or when I do become aware of it, I'm out of that flow state. So it might not be until I get home. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was actually a pretty, pretty damn good day. Yeah. Um, you know, I might not. And if I think finish, it's like, well, was that a good run? Did I, did I do it? Maybe, maybe I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just nice to kind of get away, do something, be focused on one foot in front of the other and just, you know, enjoying nature. Yeah. And it's kind of meditative, I would imagine yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, like that's one of the beautiful things about swimming is the fact that you can't talk to anybody else and that yeah. you just hear the water. You can't have music, you can't have podcasts. And so I've, you know, it's, it's weird because I was, when I was swimming, I was probably like, I was the most miserable in my life <laughs> in college. Like it was just a, it was a horrible, it was a horrible four years. And to a large extent, swimming was one of the causes of my misery, but it was also one of the escapes. Right, right. And it's, it's that beautiful dichotomy of, you know, I don't think I could have gotten through it without swimming. Like, I, I don't think I could have gotten through the Naval Academy if it wasn't for swimming. Mm-hmm. Because I think swimming focused me so much on something that was really hard to achieve that it, it forced me to get everything else in line. Where if I would have had the time to, you know, to, to wallow in my own self-misery, mm-hmm. then I would have done it. But instead, I was focused on, I don't know, higher order issues, perhaps. Um, I, I say it like it was a really bad thing. I mean, in hindsight, it was good, but I mean, it was actually, no, I, I don't take that back. It was, it was definitively bad, but you know, bad things make you hard. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like when I run, it's like, I'll listen to music sometimes. Like I'll have yeah. an iPod or something hooked up, but most of the time I'll just turn it off and just enjoy being the only one out there. It's nice yeah. to just be alone. Like right. you know, maybe, maybe someone's out there with me, but on a different section, but right. just to, to, you know, hear the wind, hear the, hear the leaves under my feet and just, just stop and look around and just enjoy the right. area because when I'm in the middle of a race, a lot of times my my vision's focused on not falling, on you know seeing yeah. what's in front of me. Um, so it's nice then to stop and just kind of look around, and be like, oh, this is what this is what the area looks like. So we've we've kind of been talking a lot about like all the hundred miles mm-hmm. and how to train for, but walk me through like the like the race, like race day. Like what your sleep looks like going up into it, like that. Oh, I never sleep well before a race. You just get no. like super nervous. So, so I have, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm nervous, and I take a long time uh, getting ready. I, I never, I never set enough time aside to prepare my bags, um, and then I end up over preparing. But I never sleep well. I probably only get um, four. Four to five hours of sleep before the hundred miler. This one normally starts at I think four in the morning, um, or four or five in the morning. So it's a very early start. Um, and then the first few miles of road. So it's like just don't go out early. Really, the first eight miles um, before you get to that next aid station. So it's just just start slow. I mean, it's a long it's a long day and a half. So there's no point in in and pushing it really that early. But I don't want to get so far back that I'm walking. I just don't want to be walking early. I want to get in a decent pace and, and, and run with the same people so my crew knows, has a good idea of when to predict I'm coming in. Yeah. Um, so this first, it's really the first 50K. It sounds weird. The first 50K is, is that's where I finally check, like do a mental check of, all right, where am I at? That's normally when the first, you know, sock and, and shoe change happens. So but that's about, that's about a third, a little over a that's third. That's like six, 
let's see. I think I got there around noon, so if it's five, I don't know what time that is, like six, seven hours or so yeah. in. Um, but that's my first sort of check of how things are. Granted, there are some aid stations, and I just want to drink and eat early. Um, so you're running that first 50K? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I can't say how much I actually run, you know, yeah. but, you know, just get through it. It's a lot of up and down. It's it's not terribly rocky. Um, but the last, there's a good six-mile downhill run into yeah. the aid station. So that's where things start, you know, you do the first sort of mental assessments of, of you know, the body check. How are the feet? How am I eating? How are my hands? Am I eating enough? Um and then you see the the crew a little bit more regularly. It's a little quick up and down three miles, mm. sort of another check. All right, let's, you know, give me this, give me that. Road for the next five, or I'm sorry, th- you know, yeah, actually about f- no, it's, uh, 5K. And then they kind of get away. And that's when this next section then, um, like 40 or so on, I don't normally train on because I don't like it. And yeah. so I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to be surprised, but I just... I don't want to do it more than I have to. Yeah. Because I just want to just kind of get through. What about it, don't you like? It's, um, there's a downhill section into an aid station um, that is very steep and it's tough on my knees. So, tough on knees and feet. So, if your feet are hurting early, and you hit that, it's just like a, it's, it's a very remote area. Yeah. How long is the stretch? I can't remember from from Vish to Indian Head or Indian Head like Grave. Ten miles. Yeah, it's. Miles. I think it's um. I think it's only like eight miles. There's usually about eight miles in between eight stations. But then you're on the road for about five and to Habern, and that's about mile sixty. When does 50? the sun set? So you start at five in the morning. Five in the morning, or so. Yeah. Um, then I get around Habern. I think that's got to be around fifty-five or so. I can't remember. Um, and that's when I try to get there around 6. I think it's about 6. 6 p.m. So we got about, yeah, and that's a long nine-mile section into Camp Roosevelt. And I think that that's like mile 60, 65. So the sun will set around mile sun, 70. Sun's setting as I'm, like, running down. So that's another check, too, at Habron, time-wise, chasing the sun. Like, I want you to get as far into the race as I can with sunlight because it's yeah. easier to move when the sun's out than, oh, you know, than I second guess. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the light's there, but you've got to spend a lot more time looking up and down finding the trail, and the trail is, like, oh. illuminated around you. So get as far as you can with, with the sunlight. Um, and, then, and then Roosevelt's a tough one because uh, it's a good one place, Camp Roosevelt, because um, a lot of crews are there. Yeah. So a lot of people cheer in. Um, get some hot food in you, and it's and this is like nine at night now, so it's it's dark. The next section this past year was really wet. You were yeah. just basically running through a creek bed, and it was ankle deep water, and it was tough. It's mentally tough. Then you got to go uphill and down. It's just water. You're just waterlogged, right. um, and it's dark. So when you get to the next station, it's midnight. You know, it's it's cold, and and people are tired, and 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 there's a lot of negative thoughts start creeping in. Right. And then when you got to do another like two and a half mile climb and you got four miles along the ridge and then two miles in the A station, it's just, it's, it's, it's quiet. Hmm. It's, it's tough again because you're by yourself. It's cold. Um, it gets colder as the sun comes up. So the next station, the next one, I try to get to at like three or four in the morning and I want to get to 
Bird Knob, that's another, it's an isolated aid station, so no crews can get to it. Right. But now it's the thought of get as far as you can before the sun comes up. Yeah. So that's another check. Is like, I want to be beyond Bird Knob before the sun comes up. Um, just that's like the mental push because it's tough. It's that it's that five to seven in the morning. It's cold. You're you're ready to be done, but you still know you've got a good, you know, eight hours to to go. Yeah, so at least for marathon. me, yeah, you got a long ways to go. Yeah, and and for me, this past year was really tough because I was just at an incredibly down point getting into the picnic area aid station. And literally walked the last 18 miles. It was just, yeah. my feet were gone, and I just mentally couldn't push my body more than a walk yeah. um, to finish. So, Sometimes all you can do is walk. And that's the thing. It's like, I knew I had the time. I didn't, I wasn't able to meet or, or beat my goal time that I'd set for myself. So at that point, it was just just get to the finish line. I, yeah. I had time. I think I finished with like 90 minutes to spare or so, but... Um, yeah, I still, I still finished. But yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fun. No. And again, yet I still signed up for it. For sure. <laughs> but I think that's the most interesting thing, you know, like what, you know, what keeps you coming back. Right. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing is it's just sort of the, like you really, you thrive off challenge. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it's not an easy thing to wake up day in and day out at 5 a.m. or, you know, 4 or 15 mm-hmm. or whatever time you wake up and get to the gym and do these things. But challenging things offer the biggest rewards, right. you know, like the things most, I don't know, the things that are best in life to have come mm-hmm. at the highest cost. And I, I mean... You know, it's a lot cooler to say you ran 100 miles than it is to say you ran a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but the people always ask, well, did you run the whole thing? Well, no, I'm not. Of I mean, not. I, com- I completed it. But, you know, yeah, that's for me, that's not the challenge was having run the entire thing. It's a 100 thing. mile race, not a 100 mile run. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can, you know, more probably to you, but that's just not my, that's not what I'm going to do. Right. So, um, and then for me, like with this year, goals are to, um, Improve nutrition, hydration. Yeah. You know, not chafe at mile eight and then be chafing the entire. Is that is chafing a hydration thing typically, or is it just equipment? I think it's equipment, and it was raining and just sweating, and a lot of things didn't happen as <laughs> it just didn't yeah, work out. It just wasn't. So, a, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the perfect. It, it no, was the perfect storm of bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, improving on that. Um, and then with doing a lot of lunges and squats and, and step ups this year, and you know, making sure my, my legs and feet aren't hurting for for the downhills. Right. Um, mentally, I think I'm able to bring myself. And you know, once that's together, I think I'll be fine mentally. Yeah. You know, but you know, having done it year to year, I know those 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 time checks at different aid stations, paying attention to the sun, um, and that just that's very helpful every year. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's so ah oh man, it's so fascinating. Yeah, and I've got a I got a seventy miler this weekend, so this is my good my, my first test. This is the longest yeah. one I'll do. It's it's not a lot of climbing, it's just get on the trail and stay on the orange trail. And um It's crazy that a, a seventy mile is a training run. Yeah, it's still I mean it's still a race, but right. um, I use it as a training that's the thing, it's like a lot of a lot of ultra people use marathons as training runs for oh, yeah, for hundreds. Sense. Yeah. So 70 miles, it takes, what would you say, 34 miles is your 100 mile, or 34 hours is your 100 mile time, so... I did, yeah, I did this year, I think, a, a little over 34, I can't remember, 34, 35 right. hours, or 34 and a half, I think, um, and I did this one 
um, the ring, or I'm sorry, this is the reverse ring. I did it last year in just over, I think, 23 hours. So I'm hoping hmm. to get under get under that this year. Yeah. yeah, that was the same thing. Like last year I hit a point at, at mile 35. I was just like, it was done. It was cold and I just wasn't ready for that section. Yeah. So I'm hoping this year just, you know, power through those last... Right. 25 miles <laughs> again which seems weird to p- mentally power through 25 miles but having done it i'm familiar with the course and what it takes to right. to get to the finish yeah do you so we, we kind of touched on this a little bit but um you know when you get to that point where like everything inside of you wants to give up you know what what do you tap into do you is mm-hmm. it just Five more steps, five more steps, five more steps. Do you say something in your head over and over yeah, again? Yeah, that's one thing I do is like if I realize I'm walking a section that I could be running, it's just, it's a it's a mind game. It's, yeah, definitely run five steps or count to 10 and then I get to walk 30. Run to that tree, run to that blaze and then I can walk. And that, find you know, I find that to be helpful. One thing that helped a handful of years ago was um, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. And with him being in the hospital and, you know, dealing with that I was able to tap into the strength that if he can get through that I can get through yeah you know if he can get if he can deal with chemo I can deal with you know running 100 miles this right. is only 36 hours he's he's lived with it for for five six years now and the following year my mom had some medical issues same thing too she's able to go through that you know who's to say I can't just get through a measly 100 right. mile race and so, I'm sure I'm sure the motivation is reciprocal in a lot of ways you know like yeah they get strength from their daughter yeah. who, you know, is doing these incredible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, and maybe other people too. It's like, wow, Jen's able to get up at four in the morning and she does weekends. This, that's, I could probably get through this five minute clean and jerk workout. It's not, it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah. In the right. grand scheme of things, what you're doing, it's, you know, it'll help down the road, but it's not as terrible as it seems. For sure. Yeah. And I, I really like, I, I'm, I'm the type of person I'm. I'm much more motivated by, you know, or like, motivated by other people or through other people than I am to myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can set goals for myself all day long, but if the team has a goal, I'll die before I fail on that one. Yeah. I'll give up on myself all day, right? Like, I could do, I could probably get through like a, like a Ragnar type situation, sure. but I would never run a marathon. And I think what helps <laughs> you know? too is, is is putting on the board, having the goals and PR board mm. in the gym is that I put um, for MMT, I think to get under 32 or 33 hours this year. Yeah. Um, so that's always a big push is like, I don't want to, you know, it's, it's there, it's written down. Others can see it. They're going to be right. paying attention to, to that blog series I said I was going to start and haven't yet. It will be started by the time this, this goes out, but yeah. you know, they're able to follow along and be like, is she putting in the work to work towards that goal? For sure. Yeah. And uh, accountability is, is a huge yeah. thing. Right. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why people join a gym. It's yeah. one of the reasons right. why people write goals is they want some form of accountability. I was always much more effective when I was accountable to a team and a coach mm-hmm. than I ever was, you know, accountable to myself. But that's that's part of the evolution of you know like understanding yourself and you know with with the gym I've really worked on improving my accountability like big time like for me I want to be like I don't want to be a hypocrite <laughs> you know and so I struggle with my fitness I struggle with my health I struggle with my nutrition as does everybody right, right? like it's it's always a 
you know, three salads forward, one pizza back, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, and for me, like when, when I started this podcast and when I started putting more, you know, content out there on the internet, like part of the reason why I wanted to do that was because I know that if I did that, it would force myself to be more focused. And, uh, and I've lost 10 pounds since I've started the podcast (laughs) just because I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm, you know, 10% more focused on my health than I otherwise would have been because of the, the pressure that, that I put on myself for wanting to, to be authentic. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, right. I, you know, as a gym, we preach, we preach health, we preach fitness, we mm-hmm. preach lifestyle, we preach all these things. And like, I think we do a good job, or at least I try to do a good job of not preaching from the position of like, I'm the, you know, perfect representation right. of every, you know, every fitness trend in the world. No, it's, it's, it's literally like, we've just studied this the most and probably struggled with it the most. Right. And we, you know, we want to offer our shared experience so that you don't have to struggle as much as we did. Right. That sort of thing. That's kind of my approach. And uh, and I think I think being being a coach and and being like offering that vulnerability. Right. I think that helps create a better a better relationship with the people that you're working with. Yeah, and I think and that's why I like to and I know I need to do it more often is is work out with the class. Is like the members see that we're not doing some special programming. We're doing the same stuff they're doing, and right. we're not all doing it RX. You well, know, of course, we, we right. all. I mean, we're we're you know human. You know, we might be working at a little bit lighter weight that day. You know, it's all, if I'm not RX, it's just a technique day. It's really yeah, what it's just is. Just, like, just 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 technique day. Um, you know, I'm work overcoming an injury. Uh, <laughs> just uh, a, uh, yeah, got a shoulder thing. That's right. Just um. can't. Um, <laughs> But we're not we're not perfect. We're not always going to do everything RX. Right. But we want to the way things are programmed is to push you to you know do a little bit more than you think you could, and maybe you know just you'll find potential that you didn't realize you had. Right. So yeah, I need to. I definitely need to get out there, or I'd, I'd like to try and get class a little bit more, um, and just you know be vulnerable. You know, yeah. show you you know, but then also <laughs> be vulnerable, but also. You know, show that I still got it. You That's know, right. I might be, I might be a, a master's athlete now, <laughs> but uh, I can still. Uh, hang. Of course, they don't see me with the heating pad. That's right. They the, don't the see you in the destruction pins. after <laughs> dry needling yourself. In the moment, <laughs> it's in the moment. I just crushed it, and then it's the the one day on the three days off. Uh, yeah, there was there was a stretch where I was like working out like once every other week or so, and it like I didn't do it intentionally, or maybe it was subconsciously intentionally, but it just so happened where the day where the perfect stars aligned and my motivation was matched <laughs> with my schedule, which was matched with how I felt, all lined up on workouts that I could crush, <laughs> could crush. And I just showed up and it's like, man, I kind of feel like I need to show up, intentionally show up to a workout that's going to crush me. So I'm not like, I'm not that one person who just shows up and puts these Was like, that the, the, the Turkish get-ups and probably some hang power cleans or boxes yeah, th- or something? There was, it was like grace and then there was a, a Turkish get-up workout and then there was like a, a power clean push press workout. And that was like in three successive weeks. And you haven't been back since. <laughs> no, I did. A, I did. A, shortly after that, there was a five rounds with a run and I finished DFL. It was awesome. And I was like, all right, now people know what I'm really what I'm really made of. I'm good for I'm good for anything, anything under like 10 minutes, anything with no squats and no body weight movements. <laughs> 
I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. You know, like, I think growing up swimming, like, I never really, I don't know, I never took weights seriously. I never took, like, like none of that I, t- I, t- I took seriously. It was like, you, the only way to get better at swimming is, the swim. only way to get better at swimming is swimming. Yeah. And, and, like, detaching from that mindset, I haven't swam in 50, almost 15 years, mm-hmm. like, 13 years, I guess. And it's still like that mindset still controls me. Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm quickly getting to the point where I haven't swam longer than I swam. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, my mindset on warm ups, my mindset on like, you know, like the swimming mindset is like you, you warm up, you do some drill work, but it's all it's about long, the main set. Yeah. It's the main yeah. set. And so I take that to CrossFit. It's like, oh, well, strength is just more warm up for the main set. The main set, and even the main set doesn't matter. It's the last one of the main set. Right. You know, it's who, who, who wins the last round, not who wins the first round, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would probably explain why I never lived up to my potential as a swimmer. But <laughs> and I think that was the same thing with, with triathlon and running is like you get better at, at running and triathlons by doing more, more swimming, more biking, more running. And I'm finding for what works for me is more strength training and less running. You know, I don't, I don't want to be out there, right. you know, running, you know, in the city. I'd prefer to be out 25 miles on, on the weekend yeah. by myself on the trails. Right. And, I'll do squats and lunges for days if that'll make me a better runner. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, what do you do outside coaching, walking? Um, yeah. Well, we touched on I owned I own a uh, dog walking and pet sitting business, so that fills my afternoons and and some evenings. Um, and I'm also so I've got the seventy miler this weekend, and then a new challenge is I'm doing my first powerlifting meet. Oh, and of April. So that's where it's hard to. You know, I don't specialize anymore. I mean, I probably could be good at at running or 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 rowing or powerlifting if I focused on that. Right. But I enjoy doing CrossFit yep. and I enjoy sleeping and I enjoy lifting weights and powerlifting. Like I do enjoy doing a lot of little things, and I'm okay being eighty percent at everything, seventy right. percent at everything, um, because I feel like it makes me a more more well rounded person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, do you find that you need like you need to sign up for some sort of competition to make yeah. it, to, to give the motivation. Yeah, yeah. Especially like the hundred, it's like once you put the money down, I'm, I'm in it. Right. And, and some other things, there were some races I wanted to do last year and I was just kind of on the fence, but I never put in for it. Right. Um, but you so would I never, you would never like train as hard for powerlifting if there wasn't that powerlifting. Probably meeting, not. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that there's gotta be, sense. there's gotta be a goal, you know, some sort of, some sort of motivation at the end there. And it was just worked out timing wise with, with um, when the meet mm. is yeah. um, again, I'm probably you know training for endurance stuff, and you know powerlifting. They do not, they are are not running on the same plane. But um, I'm I'm okay with that. Right. You know maybe maybe I won't run or be training for something over the summer, and I'll find a powerlifting meet in the fall, and I can put the next you know five six months of training for that. Yeah. Um, but I still want to do CrossFit. I will want right. to run and row and do those things for so. sure. And they they help each other out, you know. Yeah, yeah, you may not be you may not be ever in um, contention for winning right. the hundred mile, right. but your goal is to finish. I mean, that's still super impressive. Yeah. And if you can be well rounded and finish a hundred mile run, and do CrossFit and do rowing and do powerlifting, I mean, that's 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 cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And I don't want to be defined or pigeonholed to, into a specific sport. Yeah. Like I grew up 
you know, college, I was a softball player, and right. then I was a runner, and then I was a marathoner and a triathlete, and I never wanted to be defined by, you know, as a triathlete, now an ultra runner or a crossfitter. I just don't want to be, be right. pigeonholed. I just want to be, you know, mediocre at everything or just but, enjoy, enjoy life. And, and that's be, that's really the, yeah. the essence of, of CrossFit is not being sports-specific in right. anything. Right. And one of, the, one of the keys of CrossFit, one of the tenets of CrossFit is practice and play new sports. Right. And I think a lot of people just get stuck in the gym and then get stuck in the gym and they don't go outside of the gym to find application. Right. And I love playing, I love playing sports. Mm-hmm. And so CrossFit allows me to play sports and, you know, I love hiking and doing all these things and CrossFit allows me to go do those things. Right. If yeah. I remember when I was living in San Diego, I was doing CrossFit all, all the time. My buddy was like, Hey, you want to go hike this mountain? It's 14,000 foot peak in the Sierra Nevadas. I was like, how far is it? And he's like, well, it's a, you know, 36 round trip, you know, this much elevation gain. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it sucked, <laughs> but I got through it, yeah. you know, because yeah. I was, because I was training for life. Right. 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 Uh, and I think that, I think that's the beautiful thing about CrossFit is that, you know, it's, it's your, it's your practice. It's your, it's your daily practice or your weekly mm-hmm. practice that's going to improve all areas of, of your life. You and know? I think it's helped um, other sports. I know when it started, like, I, I feel like it's opened or it's moved people more towards powerlifting. It's mm-hmm. gotten people more into Olympic lifting. And and I think as coaches I've noticed, you know, some of them are more geared towards gymnastics. You might find that's yeah. your niche. Um, or going, you know, Sean, Sean C's doing rock climbing. You just yep. not, Rossfitter, it helps you get better. Pull-ups, you're going to get better at climbing. Things like For that. Sure. Gymnastics works, you're going to find it works and it, gym, it, so. it's a it's it opens the door to talk about nutrition. Sure. It opens the door to talk about sleep. It opens the door to talk about stress. I mean, how many right. people got into meditation because of CrossFit, right? Yeah. You know, or into yoga because gyms are offering it and they wouldn't have done it otherwise, right? Yeah. And I think that's you know it's it opens the door to the whole conversation of what it means to be healthy, right. what it means to be fit, and it's not this myopic view of. Oh, the fa- the person who runs the marathon the fastest is the is the most fit, right? Right, like is the most healthiest. Like the most fit person is the most healthiest. Like that's typically not going to, mm-hmm. or it, it has the potential of not being true. Right. When I was swimming five hours a day, I was also eating a pizza a day mm-hmm. and drinking more Coke than you could wrap your head around. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Coke zero doesn't count. Doesn't yeah, count. mine was Coke full, <laughs> Coke one hundred percent. And like I certainly wasn't yeah. the bastion of health, and to some extent you can outwork a, a crappy diet, but not, yeah. not completely. And that's what I found like in two thousand eight is like I wasn't in as in shape. I could get through you know two thirds of a hundred miler. I couldn't do a push up, and so right. CrossFit's you know you know brought those you know those fitness lines a little bit closer. And now, as I get older, I need to pay a lot more attention to nutrition aside from this, which will be my last one until May. So it's, it's, it's out there. It's on the record. It's, yeah, I'm that? accountable. I'm accountable. <laughs> um, but it's just those little things like finding, finding what works. Like I know my nutrition now definitely not eating the same I was 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, what's, what, what were the biggest changes that you made in that? With nutrition? Yeah. Um, I need to pay more attention to food I eat for recovery. Like, I just can't. What are your recovery foods? Um, 
sweet potatoes and shredded chicken. Like, it's yeah. just basic stuff. Um, before, it was a pizza with the Tostitas hint of lime cheese, oh, or uh, a yeah. hint of lime uh, chips, and, like, a Ben and Jerry's yeah. kind of ice cream. And So you were just, um, like, just super food. carb. Yeah, just just food, just calories. And now it's more more specific to timing of the yeah. foods and of the fats and things like that. Are you tracking your macros each day? Are you, you know, dialed I'm aware in? of it. I'm yeah. aware I don't track, I mean, I don't track specific numbers, but I have, you know, I try to keep carbs away from, or I try to, I don't avoid them, but not eat them until closer to when I work out because I yeah. don't, I don't right. need them. Um, and then just be fueled by fat and proteins before then. Yeah. Um, and then, like surrounding, do you change? Do you change your your diet approach from you know long, slow distance runs and CrossFit? Yeah, um, I I mean CrossFit CrossFit I don't eat. I won't eat as much around, but but for the weekends I'll do um, like for the long stuff because I'm using like a, a sugary source. Um, a tailwind is what I use for, for yeah. nutrition. Like uh, it'll be high carbs just as fuel in the moment. Um, but then right afterwards, I avoid. I'll have some fat stuff, but definitely you know more carbs and protein, and and a couple hours after, right? And then um, just just a fuel. Um, yeah. And then do you find that do you find that when you focus on the better recovery, then you're you're not shifting to you know Ben and Jerry like sugar all yeah, the time? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the the that sweet tooth. So right. I find with during the days like I need more hydration and sleep. You know, those yeah. two things, hydration and sleep, are going to help keep those those sugar monsters away. But if I – and then, you know, the focus on the end goals. Like, I got 70 miles to run this weekend. I can't, you know, be weighted down by, by pizza and chips. Right. You know, leading up to it, I want to be as in, in as best shape as possible right. um, for that. And then same thing for the powerlifting meet. Like, be, be strong, but be – I want to say at a light weight, but enough to move heavy weight. Right. And then for the 100 – you know, over the years, you find that you're able to cover a lot of distance faster if you don't weigh, you know, 15 pounds heavier than the year before. Right. So, so um, do you do you like intentionally cut, or do you just? I'm going to try to this year. Yeah, I mean, get down at least for the next couple months. But then I don't want to be, you know, restricting carbs or restricting calories like three weeks before. I right. just want to try and maintain leading up to that. So when um, you're when you're intentionally cutting, what's your strategy? Like if, uh, yeah. Um, is it just watching the carbs, or it's mostly carbs and fats early on, and then as it gets closer, cutbacks on the protein. Yeah, especially like when I'm working out, I just won't have like a, a protein or, or, or carb drink, um, or as as much. I'll just kind of cut it in half, yeah. especially for the CrossFit workout. I'm not. It's not that intense, right? Um, that I need to be having a full, you know, 21 grams of, of protein and you know 20 grams of carbs. I can just right. cut that in half and save it for the recovery stuff. When you do your when you do your normal pre workout for CrossFit type stuff, mm-hmm. CrossFit lifting, is it like a like a pre workout like just a sugar like a dextrose type thing or yeah I'll do I'll do just a dextrose and um, and uh, driven nutrition whey protein oh, um, and uh, <laughs> that'll be like I'll have some before and that'll be my immediate just because I'm not in the mood to really eat food afterwards yeah. so that'll be just kind of so you you put the you put the pre and the post all all together I'll have um, my post I'll have a little bit I'm sorry my pre no, my post. The so the sugar. I'll have that um, a little bit before, just to kind of yeah put the body. But then during, I'll usually have like water and, and BCAAs or, or pre wad. Right. Um. Just 
just some water, just just something to yeah. stay satiated or keep me moving. And then for the hour and a half, two hours after, just sip on the mm-hmm. the way before I'm in the mood to, to eat yeah. food. So if somebody is getting started with fitness, and you know, I would say the vast majority of our our um, members or the vast majority of people who are starting a workout program, mm-hmm. they want to just look better, look better, feel better, right? right? Look better, feel better. That's basically like probably 90% of the gym's goal, mm-hmm. you know, look better, feel better, healthy, you know, all the things. But, um, so if someone's goal is to, you know, maybe lose a, lose a few pounds, feel a little better throughout the course of the day, mm-hmm. what sort of, uh, nutrition approach do you offer that person? If, if they work out in the evenings, like a six thirty class, yeah. don't start the morning with a bowl of oatmeal or yeah. pancakes, so not a carb, you know, heavy meal, have it more protein, protein right. based like eggs. You know, eggs, bacon, avocado, you know, something like that just to, you know, have that fuel to stay satiated for more yeah. hours. Are you are you at all a believer in the intermittent fasting thing? I mean, I do that sometimes not out of um, choice. Yeah. Like, I'm doing it now because I ate at 7 last night or 8 last night and I haven't had breakfast yeah. yet. And it's, I don't know, yeah. it's been 12 hours. A lot, of so. the, a lot of the people who talk about it say, like, fasts find you. And, yeah. and so if you if you miss a meal, it's not like you get hangry or you're not you know, right. effective. It's just, oh, whatever. And the thing is, like, if you're looking to lose weight, it's okay to, you know, maybe, maybe skip a meal. Yeah. Um, maybe not add in... You know, don't double your meal later, but just be mindful of eating yeah. the rest of the day. Um, and then yeah. if you like, if you are getting closer to a workout, like if you have lunch around noon or two, have have a little, you know, have a little bit of rice. You know, a quarter yeah. cup of rice. Start start adding the, those those carbs in to help fuel your workout. Yeah. Um, and then just be careful if you work out that late, having too heavy of a of a of a meal afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to not chase it with a couple of slices of, of pizza and right. a beer. Again, if you're looking to to feel performance, just make smarter choices in the evening. Afterwards. Yeah. I find that um, I find that like one of the things that I believe is like carbs find you. So I don't mm-hmm. have to go and actively look for more carbs. Like if I'm gonna like yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna work out in the afternoon, maybe throw in a little extra rice to my late lunch yeah. that I have. Yep. Like that might work, um, and then after the workout, I mean, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to search for carbs. Right. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab a handful of chips here. I'm gonna, you know, put some carrots in the salad, that sort of stuff. Uh, so what I try to do is just cut back on what I consider to be unnecessary carbs, mm-hmm. like carbs that I don't really want. You know, like yeah. cheese and crackers. I'm probably good with just the crack or just the crackers for instance. <laughs> I'm probably good with just the cheese. Right. You know, and and I find that. When you the the compounded the compounded effects compounding effects of of just cutting out a few carbs here and there is going to be you know maybe fifty right. seventy five carbs by the end of the day, yeah. and I don't I'm also not a tracker but I've also been like food conscious for probably the last you know, seven eight yeah. years yeah and so for me it's just been a slow evolution of just okay well before I was drinking Coke every day. Now it was an evolution to drinking Coke only on the weekends mm-hmm. or only when I go out or I'm only going to drink soda right. fountain Coke. And then it was like, all right, now I don't drink Coke or now, you know, once a year I might have a Coke. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, same sort of de-evolution with tortilla chips where it was like I always had a bag in my cupboard. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, let me just get a bag on the weekends. And now it's like some weekends I don't get a bag. Yeah. And I mean, that's that, that's a that's a seven year process. Yeah. Right. Like it. I, I can't. I'm not the type of personality who can just snap my fingers and make permanent changes to right. my life. 
Like, and I think most people are similar. Yeah. And so yeah. I think when people are approaching nutrition and you know, with a goal in mind, make yeah. a small tweak and try to make that tweak sustainable. And that's why I think a lot of or, or, or a number of um, like New Year's resolutions don't pan out because right. it's such like cold turkey sudden changes versus yeah. they're like, I'm going to work out every day at 6 a.m. Let's try twice a week. Let's yeah. let's ease into it and let's try having a salad three times a week. Right. And then maybe, you know, eat, eat well 80% of the day or 80% of the week and, and maybe Friday treat yourself, but yeah. then clean it up the next day. Yeah. And if you mess right. up, it's not the end of the world. Don't wait till Monday of the next or the first of the next month. Like start with the next meal. Yeah. Things like that. One of the things that I found success with early on was, um, you know, I, I sort of, I batched my meals in a way. So I looked at breakfast and I said, okay, well I can, I can clean up my breakfast. It's very easy for me to eat the same breakfast every mm-hmm. single morning. And so I would make, you know, a scrambled hash thing or whatever, crack some eggs in it in the morning, microwave it, breakfast done. And now, now if, if Monday through Friday is 15 meals, a third of those meals are already planned. Right. And that's done. That's easy. Right. That's that's effortless. I can do that. Now lunch. Let me let me batch my lunch. So uh, I would go to Subway every day, and instead of a foot long, I'd get a six inch double meat. Same amount of meat, half the bread. Cool. And I would not get the chips and not get the soda. Right. And now I'm making a small tweak, but it's a st- sustainable tweak, mm-hmm. and I felt good with that. So, boom, done. That dinner dinner was where the wheels came off because yeah. dinner would be the the giant pizza after CrossFit yeah. or, you know, like you know, whatever it is. And so then it was like only five decisions, right? Five good decisions. I have to make five good decisions as opposed to a week's worth of, yeah. you know, and so yeah. I batch it down and I make it, you know, um, I made it. And then within those five decisions, I gave myself permission to like, Hey, look, I'm going to try to do three out of five. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I hit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, good. Thursday, Friday, right. like I can, I can be good or I cannot, right. and I'm okay with right. that. Whatever I want to do, yeah, and I, like little tweaks like that motivate me to keep going. Yeah, and it's just being aware of the decisions. Like I am intentionally eating this pizza because I did blah blah blah, and right. I'm like, oh, you know, f it, I had right. a bad workout, I'm just gonna drown myself. And even if you do that, be like, yeah, this is why I ate it. But tomorrow, I'm gonna start off the day right with a good, good breakfast and. Maybe chill on the carbs for a little bit today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think if you're trying to lose weight, pay attention to pay attention to your protein. Get enough protein. Yeah. So the Dr. Mike thumb rule is uh, 0.7 times body weight. Mm-hmm. 0.7 to 1.0. Right. 1.0 on the higher end. Um, so if you're a 200 pound guy, that's what 140 grams to 200 grams of protein. Mm. It's a lot of protein. Yeah. Right. Um, another way to think about it is each meal you want. Women, probably 30 grams. Men, probably 40 grams of protein per meal. Is that about? I think I do 20, 21 to 24 grams yeah. a meal. Yeah. So three ounces three yep. ounces of something. Right. Yeah. And it takes about 20 grams to kick in the muscle protein right. synthesis, which is going get to you, get you the gains from whatever stimulus you're, you're giving your body. So that's, I mean, you're, you're meeting... Right. You're meeting the minimum effective dose for protein supplementation. Um, but look at your protein, try to increase your protein to that amount, and then try to decrease your carbs. Right. Like Dr. Mike recommends I mean, 150 to you know to 200. I think that's a little high that's for a, a lot of people. That might be a little high, yeah. But, you but know, it's it, always something to play with. Right. I mean, and if you're starting, if, if, if you're at 300... 200 is a pretty damn good That's change. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I... People that I've I've seen get 
a lot of weight loss success are typically under 100 grams mm-hmm. on, you know, definitely under 100 grams on non-workout days. Yeah. And on workout days, maybe 100, 125, 150 if you're, you know, like maybe a bigger guy, maybe 100, 120 if you're, you know, a woman. Mm-hmm. Some, somewhere in that, that threshold. But I think if you can dial in your protein, if you can dial in your carbs, then you're, you're probably going to be pretty good for the whole yeah. weight loss thing. And I think that that's sort of the macro approach. I think there's also the quality approach, like the yeah. paleo whole thirty. I think if you just cut out sugar yeah. and processed foods, yeah. you're it's a good start. Not yeah. 80, 90 percent of the way there. Yeah. And then eat as much good food as you want. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's what I think that's the beauty of the whole thirty. Is like, all right, we're not going to track we're not going to track our our calories at all. Right. But by the fact by the nature of the idea that we're not eating all this sugar processed right. food and other stuff, we're going to be consuming yeah. fewer And calories. I figure whatever people do, c- commit to it. If you want to do keto, if you want to do pill, if you want to do Whole30, by all means do it, but just c- commit to it for 21, 30, whatever. You know, just do it full force. Don't be like, well, I'm going to eat paleo on my CrossFit days and then IF on the weekend. No, just, just choose something to do it. Yeah. Don't don't pick and choose. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, and explore explore different things right. because you should you should be able to, like you should be able to have the self you know or over time cultivate the self control or discipline right. to be able to see what what does twenty what does twenty grams of carbs do for you yeah. every day like do do you crash and burn right that's probably a sign that your you know your fat metabolism isn't where it needs to be and that maybe you need to intermittent fast a little bit yeah. more. Or, you know, like, how does that affect your CrossFit? How does that affect your feeling? How Do you right. feel better? Do you feel worse? And it, it it's this idea of creating, you know, uh, like self-awareness. Right. And then learning learning what makes you feel a certain type of way. And, you know, the more, the more aware you are of how your body feels with certain stimulus, then the more you can work on making yourself feel right. better. Right? right? I don't react well to dairy. Okay. Yeah. Well, then work on cutting dairy out. You know that doesn't mean you can't have a cheese pizza from time to time. But right. when you do, you're entering that pizza knowing that knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, we've been we've been at this for a while. You have any? Uh, How long have we been at? Have we know. reached Katie's status yet, or no? Oh, Katie's two hours and twenty minutes. No, we can't. No, no I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. think so. No, that's Jordan. I did one with Jordan that was pretty long too. I figured there wasn't enough for me to talk about that long, so. Oh. Yeah. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom, anything to impart to people who've made it this far? Um, yeah, if you made it this far, um, first off, this is what I look like with long hair. I do oh, have long shit. hair, so I wore it down so you can say, oh my God, I didn't realize you have long hair. I have long hair. So I wore the cover just so you realize. And for those like of you listening, hair. I'll give you a, a verbal description. Uh, beautiful, flowing <laughs> brown hair with natural curls. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Shoulder <laughs> length. Um, the grays nicely touched up this weekend. Um, I, I guess parting words is is keep showing up. You yeah. know, keep showing up. Maybe try to alter your schedule just a touch. You know, as in come on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday versus Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, work on your weaknesses. Don't be afraid to try yeah. something new. Um, uh, yeah, try something new. Be it uh, play a new sport. You know, try a powerlifting meet. Go rock climbing. Um, Hey, if you want to run 100 miles, by all means, <laughs> come, come on out. Um, and just uh, just give it 100%. Whether you're 100%, 80% that day, yeah. you know, just, just give it. 
Yeah. And uh, I think from from my perspective, uh, keep showing up so that Jen keeps showing up. <laughs> <laughs> keep showing up in the mornings and uh, Sunday open gyms. We like having those. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jen. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sean.